Hello, friends are back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. I am Atrial Pearl, and it's Joel and Kate at eight-ish. We're back. Yeah. It is as early as StreamYard would allow today, but hi, Joel. Hi, Kate. How are you? I mean, what are we, heroes three weeks in a row? I don't know what happened. The stars have aligned, they and have- suddenly we are doing everything right Here's the thing. Hot Girl Summer has wound down. And so you are no longer gallivanting around town like a floozy. Okay. Um, I was always here extremely consistently. It was really you that were was the problem, uh, I would say, all summer. But I'm glad now that the suspension is lifted that we are <laughs> back in a rhythm. You almost got through it. I did. I did. I was going to go with a, a classic Joel Pearl summarily and unprofessionally walked out for uh, a lot of weeks of the summer, but couldn't couldn't quite stick the landing. But it's fun. We always like doing the show. Um, I just I'm glad that we're we're back in a in a rhythm now. Yeah, it's back weird. into no days off zone. Yeah, that's not we, a good thing. Yeah. We, should probably not, <laughs> we should probably not make that a, a thing that we do. Uh, but here we are. Here, that's, here we are. And that's here you the are. wrestling cycle, bruv. How, hey, chat. How you doing? It's good to see the chat show up as they always do. Hey, leave a thumbs up if you haven't already here on the channel and subscribe to us if you haven't. Tell your friends. Hey. Tell, your, tell your friends about the three-worded thumbnail that got the dorks angry. <laughs> Why don't you just look at the look at the actual title of the video? Maybe read a little bit of the description. Maybe engage in the conversation we're about to have. It might shock you. And if you really knew about clickbait in this show, you would realize that CM Punk should have been on the thumbnail for this. So close to putting him on, just being like, no devil, no CM Punk. Is CM Punk Satan? Yes. (laughs) So many questions. Uh, I just booked a singular night. At one of the hotels in Vegas, I'll be staying at for Hard to Kill weekend. <laughs> at one of the hotels? So, I play... I, chat, back me up. There's this game. Chat, by the way, killing it. We're already getting Techfember, Techsgiving. Everybody's saying, bruv, this is the year of the Brits. I am here for it. You guys Not, are crushing it. Anyway, continue. Amazing. Yeah, me upsetting people is kind of on the regular now. Especially in AW land. It's weird. Uh, I have friends who work there, man. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. Anyway, um, yeah, so there are multiple stories here. So first of all, I play this this My Vegas slots game when I'm bored. And, like, you just got to pick the right games. And it gives you, like, oh, my God, are you doing it too? Champ. Oh, my gosh. Champ right there. Wait, wait, wait. Go really close with it because is CM Punk showing up on the stream? No. Pepsi Phil. No. Anyway, so I play this game and it gives me a whole bunch of like points, and the points are redeemable for things like comp nights and hotels. Uh, I know where I'm staying for the first couple of nights, but then it's the afterwards that I'm like, where do I want to stay? That I, and I realize like I can use my points and get a comp night, pay the stupid like thirty dollar resort fee, and stay somewhere not as close to the venue. So that's what I did. I booked one night just now at one place, and then I'll stay somewhere else for the other nights that I'm there. Bill, if you are trying to tell us that you have a gambling addiction here on the show, um, we're here for you. Okay, we will help you through it. I don't know what this 
Vegas points game is, but it sounds a lot like those points might be the slots, okay? And you're you're a partner and a father. I I feel like you have to, you know, be aware of those responsibilities. But no, that rules. You got some some freebie ishness. I'll take it, right? Why not? And I did this before out of necessity because when I went to SummerSlam in Vegas back in 2021, my flight got canceled as I was sitting on the tarmac. And they were trying to put us up. And again, if you know Vegas, there's a travel lodge on the strip. It's a motel and it's real gross. They were trying to put us there for the night for free. And I was like, whoa, hold on. I have all of these points for the Park MGM. And that's where the talent had been staying. That's not me saying I stay with the talent. That's me saying I knew the hotel was good. Joel is so in on where the talent is. No, actually, our friend Issa, Demon Diva, she knew where the talent was because she was staying (laughs) at the same hotel that weekend. Anyway. (laughs) Send me that game. Let's... Let's let's get weird. I'm <laughs> I'm going to Vegas for Impact if I can win myself a free trip there. Oh, if you can do it, it's mostly like the weekend stuff. That's the biggest pain. If if you come to Vegas, we like we can bunk. Like I can get a room that's good for both of us. I am on some restrained levels of fun employment, Joel. Okay, I'm that's not cool. I'm not trying to go to Vegas, but I am trying to go to Toronto. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I got I got curtains now back here, so uh, you won't get bugged in the morning. <laughs> so there's that. I do. So I have points that I can redeem. Uh, I've been told at your apartment that, <laughs> or your not even apartment, your complex, your beautiful place. That uh, I'll tell you what was a more luxurious day than a lot of hotels that I've stayed at before. I only regret that I didn't get to hang out a little bit longer and spend more time with. The cutest members of your family. No offense to you, but no, believe me, I'm well aware of how much cuter my wife is than everyone else. We can run to the Toronto Library and record for no reason. That would like, be we'll, great. we'll just we'll go to Impact. We'll go to the library, even though we could just record at your place. And uh, where where are they running? Actually, I don't even know. Where does Impact Saga? They're running. They're running at the Don Kolov Arena. This is final resolution in December, and uh, yeah, plan is to be there. Don, Don Kolov is about twenty five minutes from my place if you're driving, and um, yeah, it, it's in a way it's better than Rebel, which is where they normally would run. In that Rebel is like in the worst part of town right now due to construction and like just everything is in the middle of nowhere. At least this place in Mississauga is it, it, it's fine like the area is is established it's not under construction all the time it's also it's santino's gym like it's santino's uh oh, okay. building it's a battle arts academy uh the chat pointing out that all i have to do is redeem one toothbrush yes that is my stay so. that is the resort fee is the toothbrush is this a resort fee i'm hoping to make it there if my passport makes it here in time i'm i'm there um, we'll make it happen yeah, I think we I think we can. I think that'll be good because I would love to do that. Love to see you again. Hey, by the way, uh, while you're doing the thumbs up things, chat, uh, you can also donate to Super Chat and support us here on the channel and any amount of questions statement read on the air. Uh, so did we, we talk- do the thing? Did you do the intro or did I just start talking at you? Yes. No, we, we kind of did an intro and then we just kind of did what we always do. But were you like, hello, friends, we're back again? Yeah, 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 I did it. It was a little oh, okay. lackluster, to be honest. I could have, you know, judged it up a bit. Should we, should we try it again? It feels weird. 
I can only do that like once a month with this thing because I did it with Jeremy on an ITW episode and it was really funny. The bit worked. Here, it just feels like we're forcing it. All right. It's okay. So I, I sounds like you care less about this than that show. Oh, you know this 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 particular channel doesn't get a wrestler interview. Someone oh, oh, we don't uh, we don't get Joey Janela over here. So I'm just gonna phone it in. I'm just waiting to hear like, oh, wrestler X listens to you guys, and I'm gonna be like, the hell they do. <laughs> this is the worst show you could possibly watch if you're a wrestler. Let's. I mean, should we get to the heart of it? Is AEW dead now? Yes, absolutely. Everyone's buried and everyone sucks, and that's just the way it goes. I'm sorry. There'll I be think more questions at this time. The biggest thing is wrestling is dead, is what I learned in the yep. past 24 hours. Yep. Uh, shame for Will Ospreay, who just signed to AEW, that now the entire industry is dead because of the main event last night. So. Listen, Will, Will, Will Ospreay, if you're watching, bro, I have something to tell you, bro. Bro. If you do not work hard to kill, bro, we are going to have problems, bro. My God. Okay? This um, bruv on Scott Demore's payroll, I just like the other chevs, which is a thing that I know fully what it means. I tell you, someone said Ryback's favorite podcast. You know what? That could be true, and I'd feel really bad for Ryback. Feed I would. Me. Oh. So, so full gear. Okay, we're gonna talk about the show in a second. Are we gonna start with full gear? We don't have to. I was gonna tell the story of why full gear was. Uh, a little bit more difficult for me to watch because I was in the hospital on Friday night, Kate. Whoa! <laughs> Not me, which makes it even worse. My kid. So this was like the freakiest thing. We've been very lucky. I've told the stories before about like my kid puked on me for the first time. It took him 19 months to get there. Okay. That was the first time it happened. Other people were like, wow, that, that's a long time. And I'm like, yeah, no, we've been lucky. Kid has a great immune system. Still does. He develops cough, daycare cough as it is. One night, Friday night, we wake up. It's like 1.30 in the morning and he's coughing. Coughing fits. I hear them. My wife has asthma. She had it as a kid, uh, just the way it is. But then I started hearing him kind of wheezing a bit. And then we both started waking up, freaking out. Went and grabbed him. We ended up calling paramedics. They came. Uh, they, you know, we were rightfully freaking out. He was fine. He was in that, like, he was wasn't reacting he wasn't crying he wasn't freaking out we were more freaked out than he was he just sure. sat there we are we don't have uh tvs in our place other than like the one that's in this office that's always off so kid doesn't do much for screen time anyway um so we start watching elmo on the phone with him and he's just having a blast paramedics show up they check him out they're like hey he's got croup which is like a bad cough type of thing where it affects the upper airways and all that stuff we're like we're going to give him a nebulizer which is uh kind of over the over the face thing that you can give to babies so they put him on him and he's like and they're like trying to eat it all up and drink it was very cute because he clearly just wanted to get better it was such a it was a moment we're just like laughing we got in the ambulance we went to the hospital thank god the hospital visit was not long because if you know canada it's you can be in the hospital for a long time in waiting rooms especially on a friday night so we got there around 3 a.m we left by about just after 5 a.m and the only reason we had to wait was because every time we saw a doctor which were like five minute consultations the doctor would be like well they gave you this steroid so we have to monitor you for another hour and then we're going to give you something else and then we're going to monitor you after that for another hour so it was one of those like hurry up and wait Long story short, we got home at 6 a.m. The kid has been a trooper. He's great. He's okay. He's going back to school tomorrow. Everything's cool. But like we were running on fumes for full gear. 
So I'm just giving you that's my my overall my like full gear. But man, was I done when we got to midnight. No presser for me. I read the notes. <laughs> well, I mean, more important, like wrestling's the most important thing in the world. And then like huge gap, and then your kid, obviously, right? So yeah. Um, I no, I'm sincerely so so glad little buddy's okay. Um, that's it so scary. It was a moment. I couldn't believe it. Um, we had a couple of super chats already. CEO saying, nice. We're already setting up Joel Gacy versus Will Ospreay. Listen, bro, I will beat Gacy, his ass. Ospreay, next. I will. You know what? And we'll do it on top of the PC. That's what's up. That's right. I respect it. Tony Baloney giving us a super chat saying, I'm about to send a super chat about wrestling. And Joel comes on. Joel, sorry, we're doing the Spanish. Comes in talking about his kid in the hospitals. Here's money for the crew. Thanks to the guilt trip. <laughs> And I don't do this to Gildrew. Listen, we're very Oh, lucky. yes, he does. Yeah, don't listen to him. You're, no, we're in Canada. Oh, stealing son of a bitch. I know, right? Canada, we're very lucky. It's all covered through our healthcare system. So that's good. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Like, pink eye medication was a different story. It was like, it's 20 bucks. It's okay. But my point I was being, about to, like, it's not oh, bad. I was just going to get into how bad this MJF and Jay White stuff was. I was stretching over here. I was shaking off the rust from from last night and you're like my kid went to the hospital i was like well hold on well we're good now i mean everyone's good so now we can absolutely spend as much time as we need to talking about the wrestling well what do you want to this is the the beauty of the show for me is i do no work and you do everything so do you should we make the people wait for a lackluster main event and let them down as well or should we (laughs) should we dive right into it i've been trying to find the words to say this happily with when it comes to max people know how i feel about mjf's you know jewish identity and how he puts it out there and how how he feels about his story vis-a-vis his upbringing and like i gave it a lot of rope and i continue to give it a lot of rope but remember when everyone was coming after him for the quarters thing and he's like, no, I promise it's going to pay off and everyone's going to be happy and it's going to be great. Well, I could probably tell you now a few, about a month later, that no, it did not. In my in my eyes, as a Jewish man, I didn't feel like that did anything other than just annoy the academy, <laughs> just accomplish nothing. And then we went into the event last night and we're going to talk about that as well. And yeah, I think a lot of people share a, a lot of similar feelings when it comes to the way that it played out. Bell to bell, the match itself, the wrestling itself, like there was a lot of really good stuff. Never in doubt for that. Exactly. That's Never the thing doubt. about wrestling, especially on like those high levels of WWE show and an AEW show and Impact show, whatever. If there's if they're on pay-per-view, these wrestlers are doing the wrestling. Okay. It's the stories that we're having some trouble with. It's the stories that we got to work on a little bit because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to what worked and what didn't because it was a mishmash, especially last night. It was just so far out of its own way as far as the main event goes. I also had, there were some things that I didn't like booking wise, but it was more like a matter of taste or like me wondering where things are going to go and not liking it in the moment. And then there were things like the main event, which I felt like from a wrestling criticism perspective were off base and i always try to draw a line between those two because there are plenty of things in this world that make wrestling sense that are not for me um and i I don't like them just because i don't like them in the same way that there are some really great songs in the world that i just don't like that song very much 
Um, but it's a great song if you look at it fundamentally. Uh, and then there are things that don't make sense from a wrestling perspective. And last night was a whole bunch of both. And I, so the quarters thing, it feels like MJF wanted to maybe pay that off. And AW was like, we're dropping it immediately. Cause I feel like that got turned into something else extremely quickly. Like that felt like everything they were going to do quarters wise, went diamond ring wise, very, very fast. Um, which was probably the right decision for them in that moment. Uh, from a very overarching spiritual, not Jewish woman, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> um, and as far as this story goes, you know, as someone that likes ROH too, to see like Super Max is, it felt a lot like Super Cena to me. And I, I said that last night. It was, it was very frustrating to have gone so far out of your way. And to have so many opportunities along the way to bail yourself out of the weird that creative that you set up all night into a main event that I just don't think did. I don't think it did more for Max than it did in making Jay White look really weak. Like everybody was already cheering for Max. Like he's already the most over babyface on the roster because 2023 is a weird wrestling year. Um, and it, it did a lot in my eyes to, to damage Jay White. Um, a lot of a lot of really, really weird calls. And I kept being like, well, the payoff is we're going to find out who the devils are, right? Like they're going to come and level the playing field. Adam Cole is maybe orchestrating this whole thing with them. But that, that extremely dramatic Max going into the ambulance moment of like, Adam, don't let them take my belt away. I was like, oh, Adam's going to be cerebral and, and mobilize the devils, right? Um Ronda Rousey is not signed to ROH, FightfulSelect.com. Sorry, bug me in the chat. Tony um, Khan also confirmed that last night in the presser. Said yeah, flat out, she's sure. not signed. <laughs> she so, made an appearance. She made an appearance after she did the match at Pro Wrestling Revolver. They're doing a follow-up tag because someone said, oh, let's put it on TV instead. <laughs> yeah, and I, that I think is actually kind of cool. Yep. Um, but so, do you want to talk about the main event first, or do you want to go through the card? Because this story carried on throughout the entire night. So it's up. You're steering the ship. Yeah, let's let's go through pieces of the card. Um, I will say this: I know people in the chat have mentioned you know they dropped the quarters thing with, with MJF. Yes, they did, and I and I applauded them for that. But Max also still made the statement uh, with or without the quarters. It was him saying this is going to play out as like overcoming the oppressor, overcoming the bully, and everyone's going to be happy. And I just thought to myself, well, no, that's not. It's not how this is going to work and it's not how it's going to look because now you've put the kibosh on the thing that we had the biggest trouble with. Now it's just a story of this jerk ass Juice Robinson, you know, getting beat by Max for a dynamite diamond ring that you've already had five times in a row. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. So and kind of the story that I didn't really enjoy as it evolved from something that a lot of us in the Jewish world kind of took offense to. Sure. And there wasn't, Juice wasn't even there last night. So maybe that still is getting paid off down the line in a way. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to beat Juice up separate because he was not involved last night. Right. So anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how we started, right? We had a pretty strong zero hour. I thought I really liked, uh, Claudio and Bud Matt. And I, of course, am Eddie Kingston's stand of the universe. 
So you do ROH stuff. You cover ROH for the site. You and Reg do a post show. Were you under the impression that that was going to be the final battle main event? Eddie versus Jeff, or <laughs> not Jeff Jarrett yet. Eddie versus Jay Lethal? Uh, no, because they're, they've done a good job in ROH so far of setting up potential other people. Like Dalton Castle has a match with him this week. Uh, Ethan Page has been talking about it a lot. They've been, they have been doing a better job of building up contenders. This now being entered into the C2, R2D2, G1, as I've been calling it, whatever this continental thing is, and the titles are just unified with New Japan Strong, I have no idea what the heck that is. Um, I don't I'm, even I'm know if I don't like it yet, yeah. but I, I'm just, it was very out of nowhere and kind of thrown into it and also kind of, um, because it's a round robin tournament that gets really weird. Like, is that title just going to get passed around like a hot potato throughout this tournament? I would like that because I feel like people should lose in round robin tournaments. Um, that's what I like about the G1. So, and the other piece of that is I felt like you had opportunities for the C2G1 to set up. Danielson and Omega too, but now we're sticking with this Golden Jets thing for God knows what reason. Or I thought we were going to get Danielson at Osprey. I thought, what a great way to get to Danielson at Osprey, and he's not going to be around until February. So um, I I don't know what to expect. And that's genuine. I don't know what to expect. Because if it's like Danielson and Roddy Strong in the finals, sign me the up for that like I'll be really really excited so I'm just curious what the rest of the brackets look like I'm curious about what this this is like a triple crowning situation of New Japan Strong ROH and this is also its own thing but it's it's merging a thing that's never been done before like it it all sounds very muddy to me and I haven't really gone back and like looked at any of the comments or reports about it so um, I'm just letting it be muddy but uh, that is kind of what we started with. So I'm, I'm not mad about Eddie Kingston and Jay lethal being here largely. Cause I don't really give a crap about Jay lethal. Um, and there are suitable t- contenders in ROH. Now I'm just like, is Eddie Kingston going to make it to final battle as champion? Because I don't know with this, this tournament starting. So we'll see. So two things, one in this neck of the woods, we call it the E one because you can't call it the C two. Cause then it makes the G one sound like it's better. I don't know why people don't have marketing brain when they think of these things. <laughs> I get that it's well, C2 because Continental Classic, it's two Cs. Call it the E1. It's the Elite One. You can't call it the A1 because that's A, a steak sauce, and B, uh, a wrestling promotion owned by <laughs> Ethan Page that comes back in February next year. Uh, yeah. and, and then the W1 is what you fill out when you are either, was it unemployed or is it an IC? Either way, it's a form you fill out. It's a government form. The E1, that's what you call it because it's the Elite One. I think it's a little too close to the G1, and I think the C2 is more of a wink and a nod to the G1 is probably where they're at. No, call it the E1 because now they're putting a New Japan title on the line with it. <laughs> so I was under the under the impression at first that Eddie just misspoke, but then they did not retcon it. They jumped right into it, and Tony was like, first triple crown championship. I'm like, Nakajima, own, he has a triple crown championship in AJPW. Like, what are we what are we doing here? Stop talking about it as a, a big triple crown because there are bigger ones. But that's just the nerdy wrestling fan in me. Uh, and also because Sean was talking about Nakajima being like a potential signee. Yeah. And I was just like, he's in world, not he's in real tag league, which is what AJPW calls it, which is hilarious. Uh, it's like they're just 
piggybacking off of New Japan's dick. <laughs> but anyway, it is. Uh, when, when Eddie was like, yeah, I'm going to put both titles on the line in every defense. I'm like, great. He's doing a turbo grabs, uh, you know, homage. If anyone's a black label pro fan, the, the black label pro champion is in the turbo grabs, um, two day or one day tournament and they put the title on the line every single time they wrestle in that tournament eddie's gonna do the same cool wonderful but now what does that do for the titles and what does that do for final battle because again and what does that do for both promotions is is my thing um and again i'm not mad about it because i think there there's a lot to be gained from the new japan strong talent pool working with the ring of honor talent pool it's just felt like they have not had a plan for ROH at all over the course of the past year. And I don't want them to derail my other favorite promotion right now. And it's some promotion with New Japan Strong. But I think it's cool because New Japan Strong is running basically once a month right now. And to have your ROH Strong title holder show up, I think is could be really good if things are planned right. And to have like... Gabe Kidd and Tom Lawler, whoever the hell, show up on ROH television is a great thing, I think. But they have to do so with care and intent, and that has not been their strength of late in ROH, or arguably AEW, if you ask me for this pay-per-view. So uh, I have my hesitations, but I think there's a lot of upside to the possibilities of it. It just feels like, are those upsides going to come to fruition with us and yes how is it going to play out in the tournament so tony baloney sends a super chat saying brian beats eddie in the c2 or the e1 and then loses to okada at wrestle kingdom so kazushka okada then becomes the new japan open weight champion new japan strong open weight champion and the ring of honor world heavyweight champion i don't think okada is going to be working ring of honor and if he does Hell of a get, and I don't know what the deal is, but it's just, it's, I mean, it's going to continue the longstanding Tony Khan owned tradition of not having your Ring of Honor champions on the weekly yeah, television. It's <laughs> what we do now. I mean, there is something very interesting there of Danielson not winning an AEW title, but winning an ROH title in this final run is actually like a really, really cool story. I'm wondering if we see like a Daniel Garcia win it. Because that could be really, really cool. That could be really, really good for both brands. That could be really good for Daniel Garcia. Uh, If you want to tell the story of Daniel Garcia is working his way under the wing of the Blackpool Combat Club, that's a really great way to have him and Wheeler kind of be at odds again because Wheeler is losing and they've had this whole rivalry before. Like, There's some very, very interesting possibilities there. Or I mentioned Roddy Strong. Or someone like of that caliber that is really great, has some history with ROH, uh, could do some really great work in New Japan, and isn't necessarily ripe for a title on the AEW roster right now. Which is kind of what I was hoping would be the case from ROH in general. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of possibilities. I just want to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston never misspeaks. You should know that by now. He is perfect. He's never done literally anything wrong in his entire life. I don't care if he's gouged people's eyes out on 232nd and whatever street. Okay. He is an angel among men. Just want to <laughs> put it out there that you are, uh, you, you know, New York and you know that there is no 232nd street. <laughs> oh man. I'm not uh, trying to be a snitch about where Eddie gouges people's eyes out. He lives in hell's kitchen. Anyway, Chris sends a super chat saying problem is winning the ring of honor title right now. It's just a prop. And 
this is that that's that's kind of the thing. It's like when Eddie won, people were like, yourself included, by the way, I'll speak for you. Very excited at the prospect of the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship being defended at Ring of Honor shows. And to a it has been done. a couple times. Yeah, like that that's been good. But it also feels like AEW is in a spot where like it feels like he's really, really, really white hot right now. And I think they want him on the main roster, which is the same thing they ran into with Claudio. But they wanted to play out the Claudio and Eddie story, right? So it's there's a solution there and it's called separating your rosters and they need to do it and we've been talking about it for months. And they started doing it with Collision because of what was going on politically in the company. And they still do certain things to make it happen. I know we're talking AEW versus Ring of Honor, you know, put putting the Ring of Honor talent on Ring of Honor. But like my point being is that Ladders of Honor. They, yeah, they started they started kind of playing with it and then they stopped. And just they run into these taping issues where Rampage is live one week and then collisions taped it's just like things get kind of messed up and screwed up in the shuffle or they have to tape at the dynamite tapings but they can't tape at the collision tapings it's just a really strange situation they have they know that right that's my thing is they know that and they know the young bucks aren't working saturday so why were they six-man title holders right like things like that are what drive me crazy about it uh not to mention samoa joe just vacating the title was like just an insult uh, <laughs> to anything that title's ever meant, but but it'll be interesting. I'm just hoping that they have a plan in place, and I'm intrigued to see what the rest of this looks like. Because initially, I was just thinking this is going to be the best of AEW. Now that they're merging those titles, I'm like, well, are we going to get Tom Waller in this? Because he's been their most successful champion over there with that title. Um, Gabe Kidd challenged Eddie Kingston. Is he going to be in this tournament for this title challenge? Are we going to get Bad Dude Tito over there? Because we should, because he rules. Um, there are things that, like, is Kojima going to be in this all of a sudden? Like, there are things that are running through my mind with this. Some good, some bad. But uh, I just hope they announce the bracket sooner than later, because I want to know. And I don't want any of that outside talent, by the way. I've been I've been a proponent for making this a AEW-heavy and, and Ring of Honor, too, because they fall under the same banner. I know we just talked about splitting up everything, but I would rather have a AEW-specific Continental Classic than the the best of the best from everywhere in the world. Like, that's not how the G1 operates, either, in New Japan. Yeah. I'm saying it's apples to apples, but, like, you know, Tony wants to make this the premier blah, 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 you know, tournament. You got to do it with your guys, because you have a ton of potential breakout stars from this thing. I agree, and I think, I mean, in the G1, we did see Eddie this year, and we did see Mike Bazanin, obviously, but is Mike Bazanin going to be in the C2? Like, these are things we need answers to. Soon to be Intercontinental Champion, Mike the Miz Bazanin. <laughs> uh, but I do, I'm with you because it also felt like, up until this pay-per-view, it felt like they kind of flipped the switch of getting back on track a little bit. And I, I think they're still heading in that direction, but I thought a tournament of underutilized AEW younger talent is a great way to get this product back to feeling different than it has. Uh, so I, I would personally like to see that. Now there's exceptions that I thought might be there. Will Ospreay being one of them. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I, I'm kind of more like keep those worlds 
separate until those titles are merged and then you can have some fun with that that new japan strong brand chris sends a super chat saying we have to accept that ring of honor is aw dark at this point by the way that's okay like you know when what yes it is when ring of honor was purchased the report that went around and that's from from cassie haynes over at body slam was that this was going to be more of a developmental territory not in like the wwe way but like in a we're filtering you through here because you'll get your start here you'll get your name which is very classic ring of honor they even leaned into that shit when they got purged in 2016 of talent when all their biggest names went over to wwe and nxt they were like we produce the best talent that move up in the world and we're like well you just made your company sound like it's fourth best but you do you that's what ring of honor was kind of slated to become and if they just lean into it I don't think that would be such a bad thing. I would say that there are issues with that. One is that AEW Dark didn't have champions that were absent. AEW Dark didn't have a history that gave birth to a lot of the stars that you do have there. And most importantly, AEW Dark did not charge you $9.99 a month to sit and watch the show. There are some very important distinctions. I don't have a problem with it being a developmental brand. It absolutely should. That roster is bloated. I do have a problem with it being something that insults your intelligence along the way as a fan and charging more than any other wrestling product charges for it. That is a huge issue. Um, so it's it's a little bit of both. I would hope they'd use it as a developmental brand. Like I would hope Lee Moriarty, of all people, has somewhere to be a pro wrestler. That's insane. Um, calling him developmental is almost insulting. Like, but if you're not going to use him on the AW main roster, my God, put this guy somewhere, right? So, um, I have no problem with it feeling developmental. I have problems with it feeling developmental and aimless, and I have problems reviewing it if it's going to feel aimless because I, I, I don't have any days off anymore, Joel. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's a key problem. I mean, I. I'm very productive, very protective of my Tuesdays and my Saturdays when I can be. Uh, Tony Baloney sent a super chat saying the Ring of Honor championship changes. Uh, feel like, sorry, I had a big itch. ROH title changes make me feel like ROH is done or make me think ROH is done. I don't necessarily think it's that. I think some of it is like hoping that someone sees us, picks up, and gets interested in Ring of Honor, but they just never pull the trigger on anything past the victory we talked about this the the six-man tag titles why did they go on the hung bucks nobody knows the jericho winning the roh championship everyone was like oh they want a tv deal out of this they're using jericho to get a tv deal which if it's true and that's the way it was going they tried it failed but they tried they moved to claudio the idea was that claudio was going to make some new talent out of this you can argue whether or not he did but like at least there was some idea of what was going on and you know you're watching it now is it does it feel rudderless or does it feel like there's something of a plan what what's going on no uh it seems a lot like rocky romero has a lot to do with the new japan strong brand and so color me not surprised at all when rocky romero is behind a brand and they pick up a working relationship with another company that seems like it could lead to some really fruitful places that guy um I don't think I slept a day in his life and his legacy to wrestling is just one of the most incredible ones that is extremely underrated in my opinion. I don't think they do this if there isn't a plan in place, but I just have a hard time having faith that ROH has a plan in place because we've seen hints of that before and it's been very much a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. 
the storytelling has gotten better. There has been more consistency with who's in what stories, who is in what divisions. There's still a long way to go with it. The only thing that hasn't really kicked in yet is um, like the champions still aren't around, but the stories have gotten significantly better. So there is some hope in that. And quite frankly, I don't think you're putting uh, Ronda Rousey on, even if it's a one-off, which at this point at least appears to be on your ring of honor brand. If you're planning on killing it, that would be really, really weird. Like if you're, (laughs) you're taking one of the most available uh, or one of the most notable available names and, and throwing it on your brand that requires a subscription to see kind of right before a major pay-per-view is an interesting call. Um, so I'm I'm intrigued by that. I actually think, and I always make the clarification, like personal issues with Ronda Rousey aside, right? That's one thing. If you are going to decide to use her, Ring of Honor kind of feels like the perfect home for her, in my opinion. Like it's less promo intensive. The work rate of the women there is is in lockstep with her style of wrestling. Like, her versus a Layla Hirsch or her versus an Athena, I think is probably better than her versus like a Britt Baker per se. Like people who are really like in the weeds on the pun extremely intended now um, on, on, on the in ring in that style, like Ronda Rousey versus Trisha Dora, I think could be really cool. Um, so I'm, I am intrigued by, by that piece of it. Like if there's somewhere for Ronda Rousey and pro wrestling, if that's the route she wants to go, that's probably the right brand for her. You don't have, um, people don't give credit to the challenges that WWE wrestlers have of, uh, not that Ronda Rousey was ever like gave any great promos, but she should have been healed the whole time. And when they started doing the piped in crowd noise crap, like you have to then time out your promos in a certain way. And they have rules about how much you can and can't move. And that makes it very hard to, come across as a natural talker in environments that have so many restraints on them. Right. So um, maybe somewhere that's less probo intensive that caters to things ta- uh, tag teaming with Marina Shafir is, is like a whole different thing that maybe could be something that's really good for her. So um, I just hope they don't do any cocaine spots to blow this deal with new Japan and whatever they might be headed towards. That's all. I mean, they're not heading to CW, so it's okay. They can do whatever they want, wherever they want. Thank goodness. That's right. Uh, Mr. Minister is going to show up. It's okay. Matthew Hook sent a super chat saying, should AEW run G1s for the women's tag trios and more? Uh, I would rather see how this goes. They already have the women's Owen and that doesn't really go anywhere. You know, neither does the men's for that matter. But I, I know that, that in wrestling, there's a lot of like, well, if the men are doing it, then the women got to do it too. I don't think you need to do that all the time. I don't think that, especially running concurrently, if you're going to do it in this particular, you know, content or this particular concept goes far and gets a lot of popularity and it's a big deal. And Tony is up to the task to book more than one women's match, you know, on an episode of dynamite, then you might be able to do it again with the women's division, but maybe in the winter time or maybe in the spring or just not immediately following the men's. That's kind of how I feel is you start with one, see how it goes and then extend it to other divisions. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, mixed because I don't have faith that they would pay it off in a meaningful way yet. I do think I will, I will say, I think considering the constraints on screen time, the booking has gotten better. I think both champions that got crowned yesterday are white hot and they 
don't always strike while the iron's hot, and they did yesterday. I think seeing Sky Blue and Julia get in the mix is something that's really healthy and good because we haven't had new names around the title pictures in a long time. And there are stories going on with the titles and outside of the titles um, that are fruitful for the women's division. So I think that is good. You are still handcuffed, however, if you have your screen time be so limited, as we've seen. Uh, so I'm I'm encouraged by the better booking, and it does seem like there is longer-term thought into, okay, well, there's a story right there with Julia and Willow, right? So that might be a title lineage handover that makes sense. There's a story right there right now, obviously, with Tony Storm and Mariah May, and wherever that goes, that could be a title handoff that makes sense. So you're seeing longer-term thought in the women's division, I think. Uh, as far as running a tournament goes, I would love to see that because I would like for women to get more screen time and I would like for the talent utilization of women to improve, which I, I think, again, we're seeing more of. Like, there's fresher names in these things. Ruby Soho has something to do, even though she's not in a title picture, right? Like, things like that are improving. So I would like to see it, but it's also like the end-to-what-end the end aspect of it, of tournaments are great for setting up stories, for people in tournaments, ideally for every single person in a tournament. Uh, I don't trust them to do that with such limited screen time. So I would like to see them attempt it. I would like to see them do so with a tremendous amount of care that I, I don't think that they've earned. Earned. If that makes sense. It does. You just, you, you trailed off with the word earned. Oh yeah, no, that was under. I don't think they've earned my trust in that. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, uh, we're we're forty two minutes in and we have barely gotten past Good. the Ring of Honor stuff. <laughs> Good, y'all should stick around for the main event. Okay, yeah, the main event's going to be in about four and a half hours. Get that's ready, right. get your popcorn, get your super chats in. I know some of you have. We're sitting on them until we get to what we're talking about because that's what we do here. I like yes. to keep the flow to this show. We go into. By the way, Kate, you should know if ever you're hosting a show. And you got the super chats. You go into the chat. You go, you click the starred button, and then you unstar them as you read them, and that takes them down. Thanks for the hosting tip, Joel. If I ever host a podcast five nights a week, I'll remember that. Listen, I come in every Thursday night to take over for the Ring of Honor and the Impact Post Show, and y'all have an unstarred shit. So I got to sit there for a good solid 30 seconds being like, hi, Cresta Star, click. How are you? Click, 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 so that my piddly ass show can get the three super chats we need to get through our day. We don't always get a ton either, which is why I don't always go through that process. The worst. I can't trust you to do anything. If there's any look, does that make it easier as a show progresses? Sure. Does it also make your life less convenient if I don't do that? Absolutely. What do you think is going to win in that situation? You guys like making my world suck so bad. Bingo. I know that you, part. my child, my wife, Jeremy. <sighs> Take care of me. I'm coughing. <laughs> this kid. <laughs> Kid better not wake up in the middle of the night hacking again. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I love blaming the poor kid. Yeah, punk. No, I'm not advocating. Get it together. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> let's just get let's get right to it. Uh, ROH Tag Team Championships. We're still in ROH, by the way. Uh, so this is, again, this is another, like, what happens at Final Battle moment because you've got MJF teaming with Mimosa Joe, which didn't surprise me, at least. I hope it didn't surprise anyone else. Uh, they teamed up to take on the guns. They lost. I think most people were like, oh, the guns are going to win their ROH world tag titles and then they're going to show up on ROH. And I'm like, no, they're 
very popular on main AEW programming. I don't see a reason to put them on ROH. So with that in mind, it doesn't even matter who won, champions retained. And now MJF and Mimosa Joe have a thing coming up. They're going to have a match. Who knows when? Could be World's End. Could be Winter is coming because Texas is where winter happens, not Montreal the week before you Well, but they didn't bash at the beach in Cleveland, right? I'm so very annoyed by that, but that's just me. Um, anyway. Well, what was the, what was not bash at the beach? What did they call it? But it was in Cleveland. Uh, there was Quake by the Lake. That was Minnesota. And then there was Cleveland was, oh my God. Beach break? Do they just call beach it beach break? break. Yes, yeah, beach break. And then Jeremy was like the sunny beaches of Cleveland. And he yeah, was gonna I remember him like out in his sun chair and stuff. Yeah, uh, anyway. Quake by the Lake. I remember because I gave it, I rated everything and how many quakes it got that day and stuff. Yes. Like Meltzer, the take your Meltzer stars and shove them up your butt. All right, I had quakes that I was measuring in, and if you don't think things got eight quakes if they were in the Tokyo Dome, Sheeta's brain got quaked by Tony Storm's backside. We'll get to that in a little bit, but. We uh, will. We will. So, yeah, guns beat down MJF. They do the ambulance spot. Big Sunday night heat. We're out of time. WCW worldwide. It was every every 90s wrestling trope on TV just kind of converged in that moment pre-pay-per-view, pre-show. What are we thinking at that point? Are we just like, seriously? Or are we just kind of like, all right, little intrigue here. What, what was your kind of thought process when you watched it live? I liked that they put the stipulation of if I help you defend these, I get a title shot because that is everything. Otherwise, Joe has no reason to cooperate and win that match. And I'm glad they didn't go with the, well, I'll just beat you into submission until you give me one because we're already getting so much of that with Max. Um, I figured the guns weren't going to win this. I don't see the gun showing up on ROH. Not that you have to show up on ROH when you're a champion, but just didn't feel like the move. Um, so I didn't mind the match. Joe was acting very face, which was fun, but like, of course, of course this is going to be the case. It was good that they clarified that Joe was not going to be a tag champion going forward as well, because you can't vacate the title and then be like, well, that's a distraction, but the ROH tag titles are not a distraction. That would be insane. So, um, I think they did a good enough job with that and the match was fine. It's the post-match Joel that, is where this pay-per-view starts to derail. So when they when okay, Jeremy and I are kind of keeping track of the card as we do our show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Overbook, 10 a.m. And we're talking about how normally, because it's always going to be a four-hour show, Tony has Tony has made it cl- loud and clear that if we're charging you $50, I'm giving you a three-hour and 58-minute show on the dot, except for that one time when the finals were happening and everything went longer because we were trying to... He admits freely, by the way, that was the one time where they were like, we had to hold out because we needed the numbers. Every other every other pay-per-view, and you were there when he said this, he was like, every other AEW pay-per-view, 358 on the dot. And I'm like, this guy is all about tradition i sang it before i'll do i'm not going to do it now but the man is tevia the milkman anyway <laughs> so just walking down the street tradition anyway so we do it again but this time we don't we're keeping track we're like how many how many matches are we going to have jeremy's like oh by by saturday night they're going to announce another like five or six matches they didn't instead they ended up doing a nine match card and at that point i'm like okay maybe we'll just have longer matches. Some of those could really use it. Swerve and Hangman's one we're going to talk about for sure about that. And then they started running 
angles in the pay-per-view and i was like oh that's how we do four hours and that's where i was like let's go back to 16 match cards tony (laughs) i think i think we need to bring that back it didn't work swing and a miss in my eyes you know it was funny that um well i don't even have a problem with angles being done on the pay-per-view i have a problem with them being done muddy and poorly um but if that's how you want to use your TV time, if it makes sense, it is good. God bless. Uh, but I, uh, I, w- I was thinking about this yesterday, and that I felt like I hate to be like one of the like in early AEW people, but like we were getting your Hangman versus Kenny story, we were getting your Hobbs and Starks's stories, like all those kind of longer term stories done really, really well. And then when I look at this year, my favorite pay-per-views are All Out, which had no plan whatsoever. Wrestle Dream and Forbidden Door. I was at both of those, so maybe there's a little bias in there. And New Japan's been my favorite promotion of the year. So maybe there's a little bias in there. But a lot of other people were saying the same thing. So it's not that far off if that's the case. And those are the opposite of of long-term storytelling. Like those are, I mean, there's no more snap together pay-per-view than all out and they crushed it. Um, And then the other two were, were all-star crossover pay-per-views. Wrestle dream less so, but like marquee matches using outside names. Right. Um, So I just don't know if they know what their secret sauce is, is kind of how it feels in general. And I, that's what a lot of yesterday felt like to me, um, which we'll get into. But running angles on your pay-per-view when you don't do that many of them did feel counterintuitive because this should be the blow off, not the continuation in, in most cases. Right. So that's my only thing about running angles is um, you better have. I should be able to see to revolution if you're running angles on this stuff. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm of the belief as well that if you're going to run angles, you're going to run something that carries you through the next, you know, 20 minutes on the show. And then 20 months or 20 weeks, you have to do it right. And yes, whatever they were doing with the main event to me didn't work. There were, if you're a casual fan and and the, the, the dreaded casual fan conversation if you didn't know any better, you came for the show because you were local to LA and you're like, oh, this sounds like fun. I like these wrestlers or I like this, whatever. And suddenly the main event is a is a switch and you're like, what the hell is this? I would have been a little upset if I was just a new new watcher to the program. That was just me. I was just like, no, it's a little strange. But also I kind of knew like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get this back on track. Like the the wrestling fan and most were just like, Yeah, how are we gonna how are we gonna go back to this? Because Adam Cole's in a boot, unless he's gonna take off the boot and be like, I'm okay. And then everyone's just like, Well, no, that's that's not what we've been told for the last few weeks. And you know, you're not gonna swerve us. And anyway. I mean, there I, was at least intrigue from the perspective of like Adam Cole and Jay White both having New Japan history, right? Like, so that part is good, but you're not going to sell somebody out of pay-per-view and then not deliver that main event. Right. So it's, it's kind of shot from the beginning and it's also a load of crap from the beginning because MJF has a blown out knee and he's not cleared to wrestle, but Adam Cole has a broken ankle and he is cleared to wrestle is something that just does not work. There's, there's no justifying that whatsoever. Yeah, the like, holes were there. Tony Khan is extremely negligent. <laughs> yeah, 
there were definitely there were some holes and we're going to get to those but i was definitely looking at the looking at them doing a nine match card and just being like okay there's this is different and different isn't bad different is trying something new and for for someone like me who's been watching you know every episode available of AEW programming i'm looking for something to change positively or at least take a chance and this was them kind of taking that chance I think that there is something there, but they need to work out what the content is that they're putting out in front of us if they're going to run angles during a show. And, you know, they brought back the someone is signing the contract and yada, yada, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it was just the doing this to the main event felt very strange. And then and it just kind of felt, I don't know. Um, yeah. it, it went so far out of the way is my thing. Like, yes. if you had just given me MJF and Jay White, hell yeah. Because what they did in the ring was not problem and but again like, the story was already there between mjf and jay white it was over the title it was the title that was stolen from mjf which i still think is the laziest booking you got i hate it we've talked about it i've talked about it up and down i don't like title stealing stories i think they're stupid as hell but in this case all you had to do was play up yeah i i want my title back i'm a baby face mjf is doing this this stupid Ultra, every wrestling fan's version of a baby face you've ever seen, that's what he's playing right now. Sure. Okay. If you're doing that, getting the title back is good enough with a good match that you can excuse it and just be like, I got my title back, blow it off, we're done. Then we did everything else. So, yeah. That's and on top of that, the numbers game was already in your favor, even without juice there, because you had the guns and Adam Cole's injured. So you could have even just had the simplicity of, one like an Adam Cole trying to fight off the guns the entire match, right? Um, or even if he didn't, I kept saying yesterday, I was like, you sent him to a whole ass hospital, man. Like, if he was just in the back with a messed up knee from being uh, Lexus King and I's with the chair, like, they could have just had Adam Cole being there, like, I'm, I will go in if you can't, right? Like just a couple of backstage with trainers. Like I, I will step in if you can't go. And it's, he didn't go to a hospital. So now he just has like a damaged knee and not an, I stole an ambulance to get back knee. Uh, but it's like you, how many baby face tropes can you run at one time until it delineates the main event? Now you've made Jay White look super weak in the process. Like, cause it was a numbers game. It was an injury. He had already wrestled already on the card. Like, fatigued one-legged numbers game is too much at once for this opponent. Alex said yesterday on the post show, like, if you want to do that against Stokely Hathaway, by all means, go for that. But, like, it's Jay freaking White, and you're going to make him look like he can't be a fatigued one-legged numbers game against MJF is just rough. That's just rough. So here's what I what i've been saying and how i feel what we're doing with mjf and the only way that this works is if what i'm about to say comes to fruition is mjf is not a baby face he's playing a baby face in every way that he's learned from wrestling everything he's learned from 80s wrestling he's taking it and saying this is the way it has to be this is the way it's supposed to be i'm gonna be just like that super cena hulk hogan insert every single superman wrestler you've got roman reigns 2015 whatever it is you put it out there and and mjf is like the character by the way thinks that this is what you have to do to be the guy to be the the super hot baby face because he's never done this before that's the story now the story has to play out that he turns heel again and he just berates everyone and says 
you people are idiots. What I did was stupid. I was playing every boring storied old trope I've got kangaroo kicks and bullshit this and this and that. I did it and you all ate it up and called me the best. But really, you're just a bunch of effing marks, yada, yada, yada. That's the MJF we all know. I'm your scumbag. No, I'm just a scumbag. I'm nobody's but my cats and apparently Alicia too. But the point is here, the idea of Max turning and being like, this is this is thrown back in your face. That's the only way that I really feel like this is this plays out perfect. And I don't even like that because what I have liked about this angle until this point has been this really authentic mix of very funny comedy mixed with a sincere character arc for MJF. So you had him singing happy birthday to Adam Cole. You've had all the Brotato sketches. You've had all of that. But you've also had MJF learning how to trust and not knowing if he can trust somebody and questioning that because it's new to him and having his trust cost him opportunities and, and things like that along the way. Like, that is what has been, in my opinion, so great about this is you've had an actual character development arc mixed in with all of the silliness. And now it just feels like you undercut all of the character arc in lieu of doing too much silliness at the wrong time. So that's just where I'm at with it. But um, and, and again, like MJF was already so, so over. Don't go out of your way to tell me to buy into stuff that you just told me isn't true. Like. That contract stipulation was the most weak-ass justification in the world for, like, well, if he doesn't show up, that means he forfeits the title and gives it to me. Alex had said, and I agree, well, why wasn't this guy putting a bounty on MJF's head for the past six weeks, if that was the case then? Uh, Why wasn't Max in the match trying to get DQ'd the entire time or just counted out with his bum knee? Because he's not, I said on Twitter, he's not Ricky Steamboat. He's not a baby face, to your point. He's MJF. He's our scumbag, right? Um, so I just, if, if what you're telling me is to ignore things that I just told you, that's not good wrestling creative. Like, don't go out of your way to tell me stuff that I'm going to have to dismiss later to buy into the match. That's just bad. That's no, just you, bad. no, you have to. You have to. You have to. No, because it's just fun. No, you have to. So and it's not fun for me to get my intelligence insulted along the way. When the, you just don't have to do any of that. You could just not do it. And then it's fine. If the better option is to not do it, that's an issue. This particular, this, this is my favorite is that, you know, well, it's wrestling. So you just got to deal with it. Well, no, you don't. This is, you're allowed to push back and be like, no, th- this is why it's not great. And then, you know, you got one dork in the chat being like, well, I'm going to go listen to JD from New York because he knows better, buddy. Let me tell you about what happens when JD from New York opens his mouth. All the wrestlers call him a fucking dork. Also, like, fine. Go listen to him. If you don't like what I have to say, like, that's fine. But if you also can't, if you can't distinguish between substantive criticism about something and just hating for the sake of hating, you're a nerd. Because, like, this is what bugged me about yesterday is the same thing that I complained about when they do it in WWE because they do that shit in WWE all the time. Like, I I just don't like this. (laughs) I said this before. Remember, there was a, there was a Twitter thing that went on. Um, what was your, you know, what was the thing that made you famous for the day or whatever? And yours was the, uh, you went to the bathroom during, yeah, your, your, your Twitter 
criticism, whatever. What, what was it? Your it was most- like your biggest Twitter drama. And I was yes. like, I went to the bathroom between a match and a women's match. And I ran into a friend who was yes. kind of tenders. So I didn't say this on mine because I was like, I'm, people are idiots. Uh, I had two. And, and my first one was me telling people to go, you know, seek mental health resources because super manly man Dax admitted on the podcast with Ray Renee Paquette that he did it. And I was like, well, now none of y'all have an excuse. And people were like, well, actually, we do have an excuse. And it became a whole thing. Like, uh, bro, Eddie Kingston is telling you to go worry about your mental health. Like, yeah. no one, no one's yeah. a bigger badass than that, dude. It became people being like, well, actually, mental health services are very inexpensive. They're very expensive. Where I'm, I'm like, that's not the conversation we're having here. This, no. this isn't what we're doing. Um, so there was that. And then, which to this day makes me laugh. It's like, people will find a reason to argue with you for anything. And the other thing, this is more in line with what we're talking about was because CM Punk saved your ass <laughs> was, yes, was me shitting on on the MJF return at All Out 2021 basically Brawl Out Brawl Out saved my ass because people were dogpiling on me being like why don't you cry more and I was like well no I thought that the MJF return and the everything that was going on I just didn't do it for me no, they, Stokely they, climbing a, a ladder for the MJF return was dumb. Yeah, so point is, like, <laughs> I just laugh at these Twitter controversies because Twitter isn't real, much like most of these things. Uh, anyway. They also go away in, like, a day, so. Yeah. That's oh, this is funny. I, so I take in none of JD's content, but someone just said he also didn't like the MJF thing, so fun. It's okay. Like, listen, if you like it, go ahead. More power to you. Go enjoy the wrestling. Go enjoy whatever you're watching. I wish some days... I was in a position where I could just sit on the chair behind me on a Monday night or a Tuesday morning and watch raw and like turn my brain off and not have to think critically about it. Try being Alex's co-host. Forget it. Believe me. I don't want to. <laughs> I re- Alex knows I love him to pieces. Nope. That's real and fun. It's, it's sorry. sorry. You can't handle the singing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I've told this before and I said it, I'll say it a million times. Alex's sour grab, subscribe to Five Fuzzle Like, best five bucks in the business, by the way. Uh, this is the only place I'm going to plug it. Uh, it, it. It is the the best podcast to rage clean to. So if you're looking to clean your entire house, apartment, whatever, wherever you live, head to toe, spot free, completely amazing. Alex will make you do it. And Kate, too, I guess, will also help. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they will make you just scrub a little harder because you'll be so angry either with or against them. Yes. There is such a thing as too critical, by the way. I do agree with Ryan on that. Some people just go in for the sake of going in, and that is that is a thing. No, but I don't think that's critical. I think that's hating for no reason. There There's no such thing as, as too critical if you're actually substantively criticizing something. There's a thing as, like, too negative if you're just out to hate. Because that's silly. Yeah. Uh, concussion equals no wrestling. Anything else equals, go for it. I mean, listen, I, I, Tony Baloney, I'm going to tell you right now. Concussions, 100%. You should not be wrestling. You should probably just... Yeah. Brain brain health above all, I will say. And no, don't turn this into an, uh, well, actually, or how about... Like, no. Your brain, unless you're, you know, Shibata, your brain should stay in your skull at all times. Okay. And um, he's a rather extraordinary circumstance, one might say too. 
Brain I like what Alex said, high praise that we get people to rage clean. Oh yeah, it was. I, I appreciate you, Alex. Thank you. Uh, let's let's do a show sometime, even though I just said I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be so much fun to watch. It would. Honestly. I, I, I've said this uh, on, on the Twitter. I was like, he and I have never shared a screen one-on-one. We've only done like holiday streams or he's running on something I'm working on. It's like, we've, we've never done the full interaction. And I think it'd be hilarious in some ways. If we get to 10,000 subscribers again, that's what we should do. We should. Oh my God. Let's do it. It sounds awful. Sweet, sweet and I'll sad. I'll facilitate. Oh, we'll do a, a point counterpoint. Oh, I hate those. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, where are we going from here? Do you want to talk about the women? Of course you do, right? Yeah, we. I feel like we could talk about the rest of the pay-per-view because there was some... some. It was a roller coaster ride. And I, yes. I actually said this with Alex yesterday too. Like, I felt like Revolution this year was a roller coaster ride, but it ended with Max and Danielson. And so I forgave everything else because that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. This ended with one of the worst matches I've ever seen, so it was very hard for me to <laughs> to like get behind some of the rest of the pay per view. But there were some really good things in here. Swerve and Hangman, obviously, uh, and I thought both women's matches were were pretty good. I didn't love the finish of Tony Storm and Sheeta. Um, but by the way, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to the the Jay White is he buried or not? We're gonna we're gonna go back to that conversation. Oh yeah, our clickbait our clickbait yeah, thumbnail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back to that. We are not completely like moving past it. We, we will bait you with the, the click. Yeah, yes. like we're we're gonna talk about it. Still. Yes, we're gonna pay off the bait. It's just coming. You know, yeah. we gotta build up. We we like to work slow here. Yeah, when you bait slowly, things are still coming. Just a little bit later. Bluetooth.com code five You the might call us master baiters. Ah, uh-huh. Joel, it's the Lord's Day for us. For you, Jewish people. No, it's, um, please, please. Um, no, I thought so. Both women's titles changed hands. I think that was good. I did not. I was not an ass pan fan. Um, I did like the booking decision. My only complaint with it is that it just felt like that Soraya. Pit stop really undercut Sheeta again. Like if that was just one continual Sheeta rain, this looks a lot different to me. Uh, but it wasn't, which is unfortunate. But I think, I think Tony Khan's biggest criticism up until recently was probably like this guy doesn't strike while well, the iron's hot. The iron is hot with Tony Storm. This Mariah May thing I think is is pretty good. I don't think. This needs to be like a year-long Tony Storm title reign. I think between now and sometime in at Revolution, probably you can build up this really fun understory crazed fan, whatever they're doing with her. And I think that's a good way to have Mariah May get elevated without needing like a million gajillion wins to feel important in the women's division because they just don't have the TV time for that. So I thought this was a whole bunch of fun. The note that she left for Tony Khan at the press conference I thought was hysterical with the I am boarding an aeroplane <laughs> I thought was so great. Uh, and we haven't really had a character heavy title reign since Britt and her title reign was very different than... I mean I would say character is Britt's strength but this is obviously like character to the, the next level. So whatever happens with Tony Storm when she loses it again this time, whether she goes completely berserk i think could be really fun 
I think she should show up and it snaps her back into it and she just shows up completely normal again. I think that would be hilarious if she just pretended like nothing ever happened. Um, but this is really, really refreshing. I thought she did a really good job with this whole story. Like her reactions whenever she was getting interrupted by Tony Storm, I thought was hilarious. Um, does kind of feel like she did never gets to have title reigns that get her feet under her, but like she holds almost every women's division record at this point, and she's a phenomenal record holder and ace in the ring. So I, I think that's really good. I just wish that they hadn't taken that pit stop with Saray because I feel like this whole thing would have felt like a different conversation. Uh, we got a very generous super chat from Will Chisholm. I'm happy for Tony Storm, he says, but I hate it for Sheeta being the women's champ, being the woman who holds the title for the next person they did it to her three times already. Uh, it's like how Vince McMahon used to book Oscar, I'll let you hold the title until you lose it to the next person I want to have the title. It's a very good point. I I was frustrated by Sheeta losing the title, and I wanted her to at least have another go with Tony Storm. I was enjoying the little interactions that tony and sheeta were having you had and and it was good character work for tony right calling her hickaroo and just like being this like insane woman performances yeah Yeah. (laughs) there was some good stuff there um i yeah i wish they had kept the title on sheeta for a little while longer because it did feel very transitional and it's not the first time they've done that with her they've done it with mox as well right that's kind of how they loaded up his title runs because they were dealing with injuries and punk and all that stuff and with Sheeta, it wasn't it wasn't the same but it was a similar idea in that they called an audible for soraya that's out there it's known um and then it was it wasn't to be like someone in the chat it was like tk didn't book soraya's champion well no he i don't think there was ever a real plan until they realized well her entire family's here we can do a moment we can license the song like we could build this thing as a moment i personally think that is not a moment you need to build, but that's not my choice to make. So I just kind of letting, I'm letting that go. But I made very clear that I was like, this was not worth doing at the time. Um, Soraya is very clearly the type of performer who is good for, when I say this, don't take this the wrong way, the Bill Goldberg spot, the Brock Lesnar spot, the, the, the part-time performer who comes in for a major match because she has the name, she has the cachet, she has her fans, she would bring in the numbers singles tag whatever it is her as champion to me didn't really need it and then they you know went back to uh they went back to Sheeta and tony so now we're back to tony storm we took a very long route around because that is also the tony way of booking when he has his tunnel vision of how he wants to book something but something goes awry he takes the emergency route on the highway and then always has to verge back on that's always my one frustration with him i will say with Tony Storm, though, you could make the same argument for her, and that both of her first two title reigns were defaults because of injury, right? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's good that Tony Storm is getting an intentional title reign. And I also think, while I agree with you, I've been really enjoying this. Maybe they could have extended it till winter is coming or world's end, but at the same time. Characters like this can get exhausted if you ring them out too much. And I I think the timing was actually pretty good with this. I think it's just more unfortunate for Sheeta. I think more people feel, yeah. Yeah. But like you kind of had to do it here because you can really wear this kind of crap into the ground. (laughs) You can. And and this is something that um, that's rare in AEW. And this is one time where I would have said, given the way that the match ended last night, 
I would have done a disqualification. And Tony would have been absolutely beside herself. And you have Mariah May show up and be like, no, no, it's okay. You know, you'll get it back. You'll, you'll, you'll do it. And she eventually does the, they do a rematch. And that's where Tony wins. Maybe even with a little help from Mariah, whatever it is, just, you could have just, you could have clawed it back. You could have given Tony a little bit more madness. I just feel like there was a little bit more there to get us where it was. I even pitched the idea to Jeremy on, on Friday on in the weeds. I said, what if, what if Tony storm doesn't win? What if it just continues down the depths of madness? What if instead she turns her work over to Mariah May and says, you know what? You go after the title. I think I'm going to make you the girl. I'm going to make you number one in this business. And then it drives Tony progressively madder and madder until eventually Mariah wins the title and we have to do Mariah versus Tony. And I'm not saying that happens like a year or three down the line. No, like you were just saying it could happen as soon as revolution or just sometime in the new year. To me, that just had a little more story in it. And that's where I was looking when I was thinking about the the match itself and where it went and Sheeta holding that AEW Women's World Championship because there has been a lot of back and forth and hot potato for reasons that just didn't make a lot of sense in that division. That's kind of, I think that's what uh, Pulaski was saying yesterday too, of like her descending into madness and like uh, losing to the point where she couldn't possibly go out there and sending Mariah May and then Mariah starts getting wins under her is something that could be really fun. I think you could also run back Sheeta and Tony Storm out of this and then whatever Sheeta loses for whatever reason this time around sets up her next story. Like in a world where people care more about ROH than they do, a Sheeta Athena feud in ROH would be gangbusters, right? Um, so I think there's things that Sheeta could go on to that would be interesting, but you could also you could still run this back with Tony Storm used an ass pan to win, uh, which I did not like the booking of that part of it. I thought Sheeta being able to watch out for the shoe, I thought was great. Like she was, she was prepared for the shoe twice. I thought was really cute. Um, but Sheeta could certainly feel entitled to a rematch. She would just have to lose there again. I think uh, maybe somebody is there to equalize Mariah May in the process. I don't know, but um i think there's possibilities to run that back just just on the other sides of things it would have been very easy and this is a this is just a ring placement thing aubrey's on the other side of the pin that's That's all it should have been and then that's just a that's a again that's a placement thing and i know that sounds nitpicky but at the same time that is kind of just we pick nets here we do pick nets uh and gnats too but none in this room i'm an ass pan yeah, no, I got what you were going. I'm an ass Stop it. Anyway, sing the song. No, so See, that you you not. will you could never you could never be with Alex Pulaski because you won't sing the song. They don't pay me highly enough to do more singing. <laughs> my Vegas app just told me it's time to get more free chips. So there you go. That's the point. Wow, gambling Joel. Gamble, gamble. <laughs> I call him Gambler, and I am going anyway. Uh, Simpsons reference for those who don't. Uh, Will Washington and I would have been a great team uh, at one point anyway. <laughs> uh, and on the other side of things. There you've got me with Alex because he's out here saying damage Katara and so am I and I don't even know what it means. That's so. true. Good. Shout out to Alex for that one. That was a good one. Katara. I think I'll just have a tab. Anyway, um, the women's TBS, the TBS championship match. Yes. Leah Hart wins. This felt very much like the plan after Wrestle Dream. I saw a lot of people being like, well, you should have just done a Russell dream. Well, I don't think those people understood that a Julia was kind of like, 
it was kind of just thrust into that title match. It kind of came out of nowhere because suddenly they were like, oh, she is 50, you know, maybe she should get a title match. <laughs> and that it was just kind of like, all right, well, we can do this because this match is just happening out of nowhere. And then they built from it, which I appreciate. And of course, Julia got married and took a couple weeks off. And it was like, if you're going to make a new champion, maybe don't then go immediately on vacation. Do not talk about Roman Reigns. The point being here, they had Julia Hart go in, win the match. Chris Stylander didn't eat the pin. Sky Blue did. Thank God she didn't wear her Scooby Blue outfit. Um, And I'm happy for Julia Hart. I think she deserves this. I think that this is a a well-defined character that continues to grow. She's so stupidly young that she can continue to get better, which is so annoying to say because i'm old uh and this is an opportunity that uh, hopefully is not squandered and she's she sees it it's great everyone in the chat talk about roman reigns if you want with that vacation no. comment yeah uh i see i also really liked the rematch because while i thought chris atlander's reign ruled and that chris atlander rules there weren't a lot of stories in her reign from like a character standpoint. So for her to have a rematch that was built into a story, I thought made sense. And I, I liked that they worked it into a triple threat because they don't do a lot of triple threats in AEW in general, um, which is good because I don't like them. But in this case, it made sense. And I thought the story was great and that it felt like it was the two of them versus Chris for a lot of this. And it should have been. And it felt like the odds were just kind of stacked against her and that made sense. The only thing I didn't like is like, okay, is Sky Blue, is she creepy or not? Like, is she, <laughs> she's definitely creepy, but is she creepy with Julia Hart? Is she creepy because of Julia Hart? Like we never really got clarity around where Sky Blue is as far as an alliance to her. And I don't think you can have dueling creepos in the women's division when it's that vague. So I would like to see where that goes, but Man, um, good for Julia Hart. She clearly has put in the work because she has grown tremendously. Everyone talks about the character side, which is true, but her in-ring has come along so far. Again, I like that they're striking while the iron is hot. I think the mark of a great title reign is, did you make a new star? Would you drop it? And I think that happened in this match. And part of it was because Julia has been great. And part of it was because the match was great and it made Julia look really good in the process. So I think um, this was absolutely the right call. And I am intrigued to see where this goes. I think it ends hopefully with Willow being the next one to take it over because they have some rebuilding work to do with Willow Nightingale. Let me tell you. Yeah, but first, Talp makes up a really good point here. Now we need Griff Garrison to kind of be getting big to complete the Varsity Blondes redemption arc. He's on ROH. He's doing work on ROH. And he's, he's doing pretty well down there. Yeah, but who the F is Griff Garrison? Yeah, I don't know. Is that the guy with Jungle Boy hair? No, I think he's the guy who's over on uh, on NXT. He's a king now. Looking looking those... to put his sunglasses away? Yeah. <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> where did I put those? Uh, now, where did I put that pocket? <laughs> Lousy new jacket. Should have tested this before I went out there tonight. It was just so funny, too, because on that clip, you can see how intense and personal the interactions with Carmelo and trick were and then for brian pillman to be like yeah i'm coming as as the spoiler in this whole picture as soon as soon as i put these sunglasses away things are getting real messed up for all you <laughs> i don't hate by the way sidebar i don't hate what they're doing with him i just hate the way his hair looks we gotta it's the hairline that just scares me it's very straight 
cut. What is going on with that it, facial hair? There's the beard, but it's also just the way that his hairline's been cut. It's very squared off. Sorry, he, went, he went to, I don't know. I don't know, man. He, he picked the wrong barber. That's what he did. He's become the Judas in his mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, haircut tells us. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So. Stop it. I. Yeah. The Scooby. The Scooby-Doo gear bugged me because of what were we doing with Sky Blue and being, you know, is she spooky or is she just trying to be, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I talked about it. It was a mystery and she was in a mystery machine. No, that's an awful, awful way to do it. Someone should have been like, are you going to do it? You wear all black with some blue trim, which is what she did last night. And it was good. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to get into who should wear what, but I mean, for the sake of telling a story, just the mystery machine gear was weird. Wow. Stop trying to tell women what to wear, Joel. I'm going to. It's, and people are like, it's a mystery. No, it's not a mystery. It's it's, now what Joel Scooby-Doo gear. We talked about Tony Storm and your tits weren't out the entire time. They can't be. I'm not wearing a V-neck, so I can't pull it down enough. Chin up. Tits out. Joyce. You knew we were talking about her. You should be in your in your finest Adam Cole baby deep V <laughs> collared shirt is what you should be in. My my wife looked at the shirt today and was like, is that a is that a Boston Bruin shirt? I'm like, no. And then I had to explain. Adam Cole in NXT and how I got the shirt. I got the shirt for like 10 bucks because I was touring. This was pre-pandemic and every show I wore a different wrestling shirt over my jacket. And that was the gimmick. And I wore over a your jacket? Yeah, I got a denim vest that I would wear on stage. Oh, oh. god damn it. Under my jacket. Under my jacket. <laughs> I got to be- listen, my kid was in the hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um what's next what uh, do you want to talk should we t- I, I, oh I, see mox you want to breeze through it real fast yeah i really like what they did there i don't think mox should have won and he didn't so i was happy with oc getting that victory uh there's more story to tell with him i'm looking forward to what they can do with him because i think that there's more meat on the bone with the with oc's character right now than mox's because Mox is going to go and have an IWGP World Heavyweight, IWGP US UK beaten down with a hammer match. Intercontinental title, but not yet. Yes. Eventually. The, the, yeah, the Intercontinental Brov title. The Brov title. The Brov title. The Brov mate title. Yeah. The, the, uh, new, the new Bullet Club Leaders Championship match. Uh, I didn't love this, surprisingly. I didn't, there's nothing wrong with it per se. But I had really high expectations for this match because the first one was so good. And if Orange Cassidy was going to retain here, I felt like he should have left Mox in a pool of his own blood. Which, to be honest, doesn't seem that difficult to do and did not happen here. He was busted open, but a stiff breeze knocks Moxley open at this point. Um, For a pay-per-view called Full Gear, this did not feel like it got into the next gear. Uh, and I just thought, and I, th- I think Alex was saying the same thing. Everything is, it was so difficult because we got to like three in the morning, my time. But I think we were on the same page of, I thought Orange Cassidy was going to be chasing Mox as a white whale for like a good part of his career. And I don't mind OC retaining here. Cause it definitely feels like Mox as going on to some sort of Blackpool combat club, house of black multi-person feud, which will be awesome. Um, what I need 
then is for this Orange Cassidy title reign to feel different than the first, and they haven't done that yet. I think they probably will now, because this is kind of like the hump to clear, right? So what is the next chapter in the Orange Cassidy story? Because the first piece of it was so perfectly done. Like, it was excellent. And I don't want this to feel like a continuation of that or lesser than it. So what does this next title reign fully mean uh, is interesting. So um, I, I, I didn't, I don't hate this by any means. I just am curious to see where it goes next, because this is just not what I, what I thought we were going to be getting out of it. So I'd, I want them to have a, a really strong follow up to this, because if the move wasn't to go through with what was most assuredly initially a Mox International title reign before some audibles and some injuries, right? Uh, I think that we need Orange Cassidy to have a different feeling reign than his first one around. Yeah, and this is this is the beginning of that, in my opinion, because they did get a little bit of something yeah. out of him. And I again, I'm looking forward to it. I think Mox with the International Championship isn't needed at this point. Uh, I don't necessarily think Orange Cassidy needs to hold it because he's already proved his point with it. He can move on to a different title, but right now the lanes aren't really open for him to do it because uh, none of the stories really fit. So we'll see. But I'm people are saying, you know, winter's coming could be the next rubber match. Uh, someone said in the chat, you know, they couldn't really do all that much in terms of like the physicality because the death match was still to come. And that's a really good point. Assuming that the coaches were, were talking about it and going through it throughout the day. Cause this is one criticism of AEW is that sometimes the coaches don't, exactly talk about what's going on in between each match or what's happening in each match and they're trying not to do the same spots because that's one thing that a coach is supposed to do is make sure that you're not repeating wish nxt would do that because every tuesday i'm like you literally just did this in the match before (laughs) yeah but then you got road dog in the back just being like wade barrett had a baby with another man don't you get it do you get it this is funny comedy being like he had a baby with champagne wishes and caviar dreams that baby's oh, got more heart. Shucky ducky quack quack baby making time. <laughs> Every Tuesday of my life. I said this once. I said it a million times. I am not in favor of AI technology except for two things. One, making my cover letters for job applications. And two, Booker T on commentary. That's the only time I will ever accept AI technology yes, as it's as superior. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Lord. Shucky <laughs> It's got a damn acronym now. <laughs> Blocked. Banned from the chat. <laughs> no. Exiled. No. no I want to make, make them a mod now. <laughs> oh, God. Let's what else? Um, the ladder match, I don't really have much to say because two reasons. One, it just kind of felt there. And by the way, for the. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fine. It was it was a ladder match. Like AW does ladder match as well. It was fun. People beat the shit out of each other, got hurt, and then Ricky Sparks. It was good. It was fun. But I'm saying, like in terms of storyline and character development and all that stuff, it was like, yeah, Ricky and Big Bill won, and and that's great. But uh, yeah, they made it a ladder match at at the last Mm -hmm. minute on on Collision, and it was fine. It was was... a ladder war, Joel. No, that's an error. That's in the Ring of Honor. No, did they say it was a ladder war? I don't know. That's a Ring of Honor thing. Is it a ladder? Uh, it's a ladder match. I thought they said ladder war. Anyway, no, just, I thought this was a whole mess of fun. Mess of fun is a good uh, description of that, actually, because it was. The only thing I didn't like was the weird spot where Dax was like, we are the only two that are in the ring and we are going to 
tipped his ladder over anyway. That was weird. But the rest of this I thought was so, so much fun. I like this. I feel like it it does give Ricky and Big Bill a little bit of oomph here. What I did not like was it definitely tipped the hand of the booking of the next match, which I am not excited about at all. Uh, I thought that if FTR won here, we would probably get in the Young Bucks beating the Golden Jets to have FTR versus the Young Bucks again in a rematch. Um, so it didn't totally tip it because you could still very easily run the Young Bucks against Big Bill and Ricky, but I was like, oh, no the Golden Jets are going to dethrone them and I'm going to be so annoyed. (laughs) So, but I'm happy for Ricky and Big Bill. I think them having like a win where they beat a bunch of other really credible teams is really good. Um, The Gonzo bomb, people are pointing out in the chat, rushing cash at the top of the ladder and then just climbing down to beat on each other. Yeah. Like not all of this was clean or made sense, but it was a mess of fun. And well, I will say, this was a well-paced card. Like things were placed in appropriate places, except the women's title match being so early was weird. Um, but I felt like the builds going into this pay-per-view were this was a much more evenly paced build that we normally get. And I thought the sequencing of the card was good. Um, but I, I thought this was a, a whole mess of fun at a spot where it kind of needed it, especially with the Texas death match coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I loved this. This was probably my second favorite match of the night. Your favorite being the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. Obviously. Yes. Uh, let's just breeze through that. Young Bucks taking pages from Chris Jericho and, and Christian with their temper tantrums. That was fantastic. I loved it. I don't care for... Oh my god, we didn't talk about the six-man that opened the show, by the way. On this day, I see clearly Ric Flair got kicked in the dick. There, look, we did it. Hooray. Uh, there was Christian, a choir of children with no father that's saying Christian out. No, they, they were all Christian. Christian adopted them before the show. That's how we got them on oh, the stage. Because someone had to give parental consent. And that was Christian. He said, get out there. And they're all like, well, what about parental consent? I'm like, well, I'm your daddy. So Go that's out. how this goes. Yes. Uh, like, Nigel on commentary this entire pay-per-view. Unbelievable. Always good. Unbelievable. He's always the best. And now that he's like settled in at AEW, I feel like he pushes things a little bit more and more and more every time he's on. Unbelievable. Um, Christian Cage is the biggest baby face in professional wrestling. And he continues to prove it every single time he hits old man Ric Flair in the dick. Yes. So Um, I don't have anything else to say because quite frankly, if we're just trying to get to Edge versus, sorry, Adam Copeland, versus Christian for the TNT championship, then yippity doo just do it in Montreal, please. Uh, Christian politely jogging off to abandon his team was... So good. Amazing. Not walking off and not running off. The cursory, I'm, I'm coming in from the bullpen jog that he did, dead. Uh, huge missed opportunity that Luchasaurus was not in a mock turtleneck. Give that dinosaur a mock turtleneck. You have to understand, it's not part of dinosaur fashion because dinosaur fashions did not include turtlenecks. They respected the turtles back then, 65 million years ago. Well, it's a different time. But I do think he maybe needs to earn it. Like, you got to earn your mock turtleneck, I think, to be a part of the patriarchy. Are you saying Um, he needs to adopt a child? Maybe. Maybe that's how it's done. Or adopt a baby dino. That'd be nice. He can adopt uh... the baby. (laughs) No, don't kick the baby. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) not the mama. 
That's a really old shout. That's a really old shout. That uh, is. Yeah. Oh man, that was. If you don't shout. know it, which is probably anybody below our age, which is probably most. Yeah, we're so people old. Watching. God, we're old. So old. Yeah. Um, I have no love for. I mean, I have plenty of love for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in this. I don't give a shit. I don't know. Maybe you're you're Canadian. Your name is is Winnipeg enough to unite people? Like I do not care about face Chris Jericho ever, and I don't buy that him and Kenny Omega are united by Winnipeg and a mutual hate for Don Callis as a way to turn on the Bucks. I do think the Bucks work better as heels, but I just could not give less of a crap about this Golden Jets nonsense, like at all. Former Manitoba bureaucrat Don Callis has all the power. And then those two guys hate him. He could just go off and bam, have their citizenship revoked just like that. But no, it's not where it is. I don't even, yeah, the Peckers don't even care about Winnipeg. That's true. All pecking aside, <laughs> they just don't care. And yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't, I don't care. The Golden Jets thing, I think people immediately were like, oh, the, when Jericho said, oh, it's an homage to Bobby Hull, everyone was like, nope, shouldn't be. Don't look him up on the internet because you'll find out why. But uh, yeah, to make a long story short, don't care. They, if they win the tag titles, then what are we doing here? If they lose the tag titles, well, what are we doing here? Kenny's going to turn on Jericho instead and join up with the Bucks? Are we turning the elite heel? Where does Hangman sit with all that? We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But yeah, the match itself, had, they had to go after that amazing, you know, bloodfest. That was the Texas death match. But other than that, the match was just kind of there. And that was it for me. The Kenny almost turn spot was good. But like, I'm going to be trigger that guy. JK, I'm going to be trigger you. Uh, I felt like he did that really well. And the one winged angel that he kicked out of, I've never rooted so hard for somebody to get finished by their own finisher. Um, because I just did not want this. Especially when the stipulation was like, they can never tag again. I was like, please let them never tag again. I don't know anybody who's so like, I am in on this. No thanks. Um, it's, uh, it's funny because uh, I was thinking to myself, oh man. While I watched that match, remember everything we just talked about at the top of the show an hour and a half ago about Vegas hotels? Yes. Yeah, I spent most of that match just looking at Vegas hotels and cursing resort fees. <laughs> and just like hating everything while I watched the match on my other screen, just being like, yeah, it exists. And I saw the V-Trigger spot and I was like, oh, cool. This also followed the death match. So it was, no, any match that was going to go here was going to be like the anticlimactic spot. I was glad it was not a women's match. I applaud them for that because it normally is. So that was really good, especially when you had two title changes. Um but I was actually really glad this was there because I didn't care about it anyway. And so for them to do this in the spot where I automatically don't care about it, I was like, good job, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, now there's a the Bucks are going to turn. I'm I'm all for this going somewhere. It's just got to go somewhere. And I don't. I'm, need... I'm so sick of seeing the elite reunite and break up, though, man. Like Me too. Me too. Don't do, get me wrong. Do, some, do something else. <laughs> do something else. And like, again, make it, your it, friends. Was... Get out there. Socialize. Yeah. We got to get on an app or something. They, I don't know. Those high school friends. They just, they all stick together and they never make new friends. My God, you nerds move on from your hometowns. People. There's a whole world out there. I've lived in this city longer than I have. As long as I have from my, my hometown. So there you go. Well, 
It's not Winnipeg, so I can say that for you. God bless. (laughs) It is not Hamilton, which I know you have major heat with. We interviewed Ricky Shane Page on In the Weeds on Friday, and he praised Hamilton. And in that moment, I realized two things. One, I hate Ricky Shane Page. Now I want to fight him. (laughs) And two... Why are you always trying to fight badasses, dude? First Steve Macklin. Oh, yeah. That's Ricky Shane Page. It's funny. You got to pick weaker opponents, bro. Nah. Typically, Jeremy has to ask the wrestler, will you fight or will you punch Dolphro? This time, I was like, Ricky, I'm going to be up front. We have a bit here where we often get the guests to fight me. I'm just going to put cards on the table. I want to beat you up for this. (laughs) And that was that. So now I got to beat up Ricky Shane Page. I feel like that's not going to end well for you. He lost his title, so now I got to retcon his whole article or his whole uh, interview because when you're on our show, you don't lose. Whatever yeah, you're promoting, you're there to win. You yeah. lost. Not a big he's going to be mad, though, and he's going to take it out on you. So Let him. Let and him Steve Macklin and you in a triple threat? I don't like your odds, sir. I got speedball. He likes me. We're gonna talk. We should talk speedball after we talk this stupid. Because uh, oh, <laughs> we also had Joey Janela, and Joey Janela lost his match against Kenta, so nobody's winning any of the interviews we have. Kip Sabian's like, "Hey, let's. I want to do podcasts," and we're like, mm? "Yeah, that's mm? mm? up." He also was like, "I want to do the sessions, though." So I feel like maybe our numbers on overbooked are not necessarily yes. what Renee's. He are. knows. He knows what we bring beyond the interview. He knows okay. what we what, what what value we add. Fair. None, by the way. <laughs> you gotta talk Osprey signing deathmatch or let's talk event. Osprey signing. Was it a big deal to you? Was it a big enough deal for you? Was it good for you? Did you like it? Uh was it as good for you as it was for me, Joel? Because this was great. Um Tell me about it, bruv. I feel like if you don't think it's a big deal that the best wrestler in the world who wasn't even technically available is a marquee multi-year signing. You are a nerd. (laughs) You got to stop. I don't, I don't, we knew it wasn't Mercedes, right? And Mercedes is injured. So it's not even a possibility. The next biggest name I was going to say on the market, but he wasn't even on the market is Will Ospreay. Like, what did people expect? Well, what's funny to me Brock is... Brock Lesnar is saying, get, get out of here, you dorks. Goldberg. But the, no, here's the thing. Okay. The, um, how should I put this? The, the idea that Mercedes can't sign because she's injured. Well, I mean, Will can't, can't, quote unquote, perform until February. That's like, he's like, come revolution, bro. I'm all yours. And I'm like, well, Mercedes would be the same thing. I'm not advocating that the signing should have been Mercedes. I think that there is a much better and bigger way to do it. I'd rather have her show up and insert herself into a story than be like Tony Schiavone introduces the next signing. I don't, there's a place for that, but will coming out, cutting a promo good enough. I like it. Um, Tony by, Khan my, also didn't say, OMG, baby girls and boys, I have the biggest surprise for you in the world. He said, by the way, I give him full marks for that. The, yeah. the Continental Classic, Jeremy and I talked about this on In the Weeds, and I said, this is Tony or somebody telling Tony, dial it back. Let's not make everything the biggest thing ever. 
That's an extremely fair point. And no one can survive it. Mercedes could have signed and wrestled in the main event with an injured leg. That's a really, really, really fair point. She could have walked out the new AW champion. And and then no all elite graphic because she would have held out for the money like a smart woman that she is. So anyway, the um what was I saying? Where was I? Osprey. We talked about it on announcement for Keegan Control. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was, I think, Tony doing a good job of of underplaying and over delivering, and that's good. He didn't say this is the biggest signing of all time. He didn't do that stuff until he he has not been doing it until the show itself. You've already bought in. You're already excited, and then he goes and says it's a huge signing because at that point, you know what? The word's already out who it is. So you may as well now just play it up as bigger than big, which is okay because at this point, the people who are excited are already excited and they're going to show in the reaction, which was very positive for Will. Yes, Will has been on TV. Yes, Will has been in storylines, but no, he hasn't really been in an AEW specific story. It's always been coming in as New Japan talent, doing crossover stuff and just you know getting on Wembley cards, things like that. Now the big shift is what is he going to be like in AEW? Once he finishes up as a New Japan talent, that's the big question. I, I also this saw some it. people saying like it was an inevitability, and I was like, it was not an inevitability. Like WWE wanted him, TNA wanted him, New Japan wanted to retain him. Like the well, he's already been on AEW programming. He's already been on everybody's programming except WWE's. People thought it was an inevitability that Cody was going to resign. He didn't. People assumed Jade was going to resign. She didn't. So this, like, it was an inevitability stuff. You're fooling yourself. If you are, have you been paying attention to wrestling in the past year? Obviously not. Um, so that was just also very stupid and frustrating to see. But I think it's a home run. I don't think there's a better wrestler in the world uh, this year. I think it's um, it. It sounds like it was a really good situation for everybody. I think it's a good shot in the arm to the roster of a ridiculously skilled roster as is, but like it's never a bad thing when you add probably the best wrestler in the world to your roster. And it sounds like Will got what he wanted of being able to stay in the UK and being able to work Japan dates when he wants to. And, um, you know, now he can go get a more accurate attendance record tattooed on his arm for this year and everything will be great. I've been told it's part of his deal. Tony is going to pay for the surgery. Tattoo correction, get it lasered off. Yeah. We're gonna go that would be a really cool August. moment. That's a moment you should build to. If you have Will Ospreay from February to August, you should build to him winning the title at, at Wembley. That's different than Soraya, where they were like, let's flip a switch. That's something you should absolutely do with Will Ospreay, and that rules. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say a big moment is uh, him coming out and having the tattoo corrected on TV in front yes. of the audience. Yeah. The following Dynamite, he should be like, here's my bicep bruv, and they should they should tattoo it. That should be it. And then he puts the AW logo on. He's like, now nah, I'm branded forever, bro. Uh, like I said, you coward, you better work hard to kill or we're going to have problems, bro. I feel like a four pack of Ricky Shane Page, Joel Pearl, Steve Macklin, and Will Ospreay is not going to end well for you. I got people. You're going to get hit with a hidden blade and it's, gonna, it's not going to be good. Macklin would just try so hard to beat me up and I'm just going to kick him in the dick. That's my purse. Shout out to, by the way, to Impact NA. Like, 
I know they're in a weird spot with their programming, but they've done something really cool in that everybody is talking about one match per week that they're kind of just stalling out here, which is cool. Like everybody's talking about the Alex Shelley match. Everybody's talking about Osprey Alexander. Like it's a it's a very well done thing on their end on how do we stay in the conversation even though we're not really doing anything relevant until basically January. Except I think it's clever. Next, yes, except the next two weeks you will be eating those words. Oh no. Are we uh, getting is there, another, is there a Trinity and Sunny match though? That's already happened. That was this past, but this past Thursday. They're not gonna run it back. None in less. the next two okay i thought no, 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 no. i thought they i saw something taped. about rematch i didn't know if it already happened yet no 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 they have not okay. taped another one it was just the one uh i can tell you right now by the way thursday the 30th of november so not this thursday but next thursday it's going to be an all roh episode of post because <laughs> that's ipwf and okay. we, we didn't show up this week so that's fine we might also not show up this week because it's their thanksgiving episode and all they have left in the can is the one thanksgiving turkey theme match that they taped in chicago that's all they have left in the can that I know of. So that's okay because if they're going the, it's not like they're going the nostalgia route as a cop out. They're going the nostalgia route as we're relaunching our old brand. Like I just think it's well done from from their perspective of like leading up into a a relaunch of a different brand. I don't know. It's felt smart to me. No, there, there's a lot of good things that they're doing, and again, they're they're going to have final resolution in December uh, on the just 9th. Fun everybody's tiktoks run all the hot girls doing dances together on uh, all their tiktoks just run two hours of that it's people so are gonna be hilarious. so happy they went so they leaned into that the second that they became tna again all of a sudden it was like yeah and all the knockouts are gonna start shaking ass publicly again. <laughs> it was like again i'll go Not back to them. the simpsons i'll go back to the simpsons reference where it's like homer and marge in bed and Marge is like, wow, Fox became such a hardcore sex channel overnight. I didn't even notice. And that's how I'm like, TNA has just become this TNA channel so quickly. And I didn't even notice. The titties, brother. <laughs> it's the good titties. stuff. Meet Norma said to Super Jet saying, sup, partners. Uh, you know what? You read this. Meet Norma's is, is your Sup, partners. My title of tribal beef is being questioned. I simply won't have that darling. I'm sour about some of the booking, but still love AEW. I will say, like, the takeaways of the pay-per-view in general, to me, are not necessarily reflective of, like, the experience I had watching it. Because I felt like the in-ring is always so great with AEW, and there was a lot of fun to be had. But when I think about, like, what's next or the booking outcomes, it left a, a more sour taste in my mouth. But I, I loved a lot of what we got ring-wise from a lot of this pay-per-view. So, got a couple more Super Chats to get through about the event itself and then of course talking about jay white because it's 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 clickbait time it's time to pay it off yes will chisholm said happy your child is okay thank you he's currently coughing but he's still sleeping uh literally watching him right now i knew when they shot the that angle i, I said aw fans are not going to love the ending uh, i assume you're talking about the way that full gear went off the air or the the pre-show went off the air and then how they kind of got to the main event so we'll start with that the angle itself, as we talked about, well, was we didn't just talk about the death match. Oh, we didn't, did we? We did not. Okay, well, the, 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 it was good. Don't let man drink another man's blood. It's true. I call him Hank Grell now. <laughs> Hank, oh God, is everything impact with you? What Gang Grell? <laughs> Gang Grell was around? a 1990s gimmick. Oh, he, yeah, David Heath did a couple of of impact TNA stuff. Um. People telling us to save the best for last. Well, here we are. I uh, hope you save the best. 
Uh, but Deathmatch was great. And I'm not even a Deathmatch gal. But this was... This felt like if somebody broke into your home and was messing with your child, how you would come out and try and beat the ever-living crap out of them. I thought it was a blast. A broken glass on someone's back to do a 450 onto that is insane. Uh, the let me staple myself spot is insane. Uh, the cinder block callback I thought was very fun. The barbed wire stuff was out of control. Uh, drinking another man's blood is inherently disgusting, but uh, like in a in a good way. Here, um, I just hate that they sent Brian Cage down for no reason. So I don't think it's for no reason. Uh, they will have another match because Hangman and Cage love working each other. Page and Cage put it in a cage at Winter is Coming because they're in Texas. Let's go. No. Uh, that feels like such a step down. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Hangman, but I don't think. Uh... Joel, imagine your teacher is out here drinking another man's blood. That's crazy. Well, let me tell you about my seventh grade social science. No, Whoa. No, that would be way too amazing. Uh, they gave us a ton of time. They did. I loved it. It felt personal. It was violent. But my thing with death matches is when the shock and awe of it outweighs the story, I don't like it. Like when the story is, it's a pizza cutter or it's uh, spiky things in my head. I don't like death matches like that when they are used to amp up the violence of the story that is in play and being told, I really like death matches. And that's exactly what happened here. They were in control of the story the entire time. It didn't get really overtaken by anything except for when he tried to drink another man's blood, which is disgusting. Um, but to me, I'll watch death matches like that all day. Cause the reasons I shy away from them are not, because of the violence, it's because of the violence is the story aspect instead of the violence abates the story. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I was going to remind people, by the way, leave a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already, because, you know, thumbs up. Yeah. Do it now. We've got, yeah. we've got a big live crowd today. Thank you yes. guys for tuning in. Well, it's almost as if you put a clickbait title in and people want to stick around to hear about the clickbait conversation. Or like, football's not that great today. I'll just be honest. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of people's football teams are not doing so great. <laughs> I just, I want everyone, everybody sucks is what we're getting at here. Everybody sucks. Everything's Lance Archer, everybody dies. But no. Everybody sucks. sucks. Wow. It's the Ring of Honor theme now. <laughs> anyway. Maybe not. We'll find out. Oh, man. Well, we have 68 likes. There should literally. be 100 and, 158 likes. Well, there should be 101 more likes. Okay, then. Let's go. So then it would be 169. Let's go. All right. Fine. Nice. Let's do it. That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, well, Chisholm says, uh, to be fair, the wrestling teachers did a lot worse than Hangman. <laughs> Boxing rings. Touche. Anyway, I, I, I did love the match. I don't mind that Swerve won. I think he went exactly to the depths that he needed to to do it. Hangman still looked good. I still wonder what becomes of Hangman now because now that he's been dragged into this what situation, he become? he's Judas in his mind. So now he's got a feud with Jericho for the next six months. And Oh, no. Probably not, actually. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, it's good because I think it's asking the right questions. Now that Swerve has been so dominant and, and has he taken Hangman's place, quote unquote, like he said he was going to, has this feud 
ended or now is page gonna you know do stuff with mogul embassy is he gonna be in the c or the e1 as i call it what are we gonna do with him the c2 r2 d2 g1 stop it i will not i think i'm really funny um do you think this leads to an adam page heel turn no whilst the bucks are turning no okay no i don't do you think he reunites with the Dark Order because they have no idea what else to do? No, but I'll tell you that Stu, people have been asking when Stu Grayson going to show up, and I'm like, December 5th. <laughs> and they're just like, is, how do you know? <laughs> is Stu Grayson the devil? Absolutely. Yes, he is. Look at. Look I at think the- you could do that. I think you could have Stu in the Dark Order be the devil and his gang. I don't think it's him. I want Stu Grayson in the C2R2, D2, G1. I do too. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, December 5th. That's the next time you'll see him. Maybe the 6th as well. Uh, but we'll see about the, the other dates on there. Um, Jay Miller saying, imagine Prime JR calling the staple spot. By God. By God. He's stapling himself. That, the, the, the children's art. So I, I said on Twitter, as, as he's doing the stapling, I'm like, man, if, if Hangman Page really wanted to be a cow dad level petty asshole, he would staple his son's artwork to Swerve. And then I look up from my screen and I take a screenshot and Swerve has some toddler art on his face. And I'm like, God bless. <laughs> that was fantastic. I needed that in my life. That was a really fun way to make it such a personal touch. Like that, that kind of stuff is what I mean. Like when those elements enter a deathmatch storytelling wise, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, it's a light tube. You know what I mean? I do, but we needed more gusset plates. Well, obviously. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Match was good. Match was a lot of fun. Match was gory as hell, but it fit the bill, like you said. Uh, but I don't have anything to add, to add to it because I'm looking forward to, again, how we continue the story going into Dynamite. This is one of those matches where I was more intrigued coming out of it, given the results. I'm no longer like, oh, Hangman and Swerve at World's End because they got to have the third match. It's not that, though. That's not where we're at. Because that's what I mean. It's not an inevitability anymore. Yeah. And, and it also takes the urgency off of it because this was so violent. Like, how do you up it for a third one is almost impossible. So I feel like you can do that down the line. That can be something you go back to six, eight months from now or whatever. Love and that's, that. why, that's why I said to Jeremy, I was like, if you do a third match, the only matches you can do is some sort of cage match because people would have had to have gotten involved. It would have been a whole, you know, messed up finish other than just Brian Cage. Like, and because Hangman just doesn't have friends. You couldn't, it didn't work unless you made the third match a cage match, which is not what we're doing. No, and a cage match would not be more violent than this. And it would not feel more personal than this. I think what you do is hopefully Swerve is champion. And Adam, the next time they face off is when Swerve has the title and officially has his spot. That would be perfection. I mean, there will be a cage match. It'll just be a Brian cage match. Or like a... Cage match dot net cage match. You know what I mean? No, I don't. They'll just be nerds at ringside being like, oh, back in, uh, they had a PWG match in uh, 1997 as a debut. Thank you. It, it, I don't know why I was shaded cage match. They do a great job, but that yeah, was just how I decided they, they act. <laughs> God, who are you, Excalibur? <laughs> <laughs> they had a cage match back in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Get your air out. Uh, okay. Uh, Caden sent a super chat earlier saying shout out to Charlie from Russell Pierce. Her tweet saying, Hell yeah. 
I was watching an AEW pay-per-view was exactly how I felt. And then Tony getting upset that we want sports-based products. Uh, you say, Everyone's seen the, the comments going around, Tony being like, you know, put your money where your mouth is and dropping F-bombs mean like the E2, the E1 is going to be a super serious wrestling contest. Oh my God. Are we, we're really still taking Tony Khan at pressers seriously? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, we'll talk about it offline, but no, we're not. <laughs> Charlie from Wrestle Purists absolutely rules. Go follow yes. her if you're not. Um, she's just she's wonderful. She she's fantastic. She does great work and is a really cool person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and flew in all the way to full gear from England. So God bless her. Um, so I don't know what she had said about it, but she's probably right, Kaden. You're probably right to agree with her because she's she's great. Um. The put your money where your mouth is for the C2. He's a wrestling promoter. Come on now. No, he's not. That would be like if Sean Ross Sapp showed up here and just started saying stuff about his match with Shaza or something. Oh. You're throwing up. What are y'all doing? Complaining about uh, Jay White losing to a one-legged man? We're we're <laughs> about to, because that's we're what the, yeah. the thumbnail was. So we thought we should. You, you gonna that. bring up Cody Rhodes with one titty beating Seth Rollins? Well, no, because that seems like everyone else has. So I was going to try and bring up someone else. They they gave us enough. Everybody Zach Gowan ever beat. (laughs) He's buried, Sean. It's over. Send Jay White to Ring of Honor. It's done. Well, hold on. I don't hate that idea. Someone that covers Ring of Honor. No, it was it was their their most unforced error of a main event yesterday. But uh, we stayed in Zach Gowen in his house. But this guy's got the right idea. (laughs) I think that's that might be an intentional troll. It looks like. Yes. Hi, Sean. Are you going to eat eggs on here? Are you going to have some nighttime eggs? No, but they don't pay us anything. Very good though. They are. They're curiously strong. I am. I am curious about how they get so strong. Do you ever eat a mint and then like sneeze while you're eating it? No. I have a. They're Excel mixed mints, and I've had these mints forever and ever. And every time I have one, inevitably I sneeze, and I don't know what it is. It's very strange. He's very. I want to catch whatever you have. Send to the Jets. <laughs> All right, great. Well, we got wow. So there you go. All the scoops you could ever want from Sean. He has Altoids. So subscribe to Fightful Select for more information on that. <laughs> Sean doesn't drop scoops on this show. He drops them on our on our, on our our Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. In the case that we don't have an incredible clickbait headline, hey, hey, I want we, to clickbait them with Seanathan. We always have incredible clickbait headlines. That's why we're here. That's why this show is so damn good. Look, CM Punk hasn't done anything in a while, okay? We might be running low. <laughs> God bless him for that. I hope he never shows up. Phenomenal trolling though on Instagram. I will. That's say. true. That's true. Excellent. If he shows up on, uh, if he shows up at Hard to Kill, I'm never covering Impact again or TNA. Yes, you are. You're yeah, gonna get. So. You're gonna get a pay raise. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, if CM Punk shows up somewhere, something good happens at Fightful. <laughs> you cannot argue that he's good for business. <laughs> Could you imagine if he shows up at at the TNA and I I then have to send an email to the head of PR from TNA being like, can you please give me CM Punk for an interview? I promise I'm not Sean Ross Sapp. Just let me talk to him for like 10 minutes tomorrow. 
the the immediacy with which we would get a no. I don't know about that. Oh, I mean, yes and no and yes at the same time. <laughs> am I am hard the main event funny? killed pro wrestling. Let's talk about it. Wrestling is yes. dead. Um Alex Pulaski and I decided wrestling was dead when Chris Jericho tapped out to catch the clean to the walls at DGT. Wrestling was dead already. Nobody was watching that. Nobody watches Japanese professional wrestling. Kate, we've already been through this. Who are you? Bad dude Tito? Hold on. They call you bad dude Kato? No, they'd call me bad gal Kato. Oh, right. Bad bad gal Kato. Bad dude Kato. Dude is gender neutral. Yes, that's true. Dude is gender neutral. I would be proud to be a bad dude Tito follower. I would whatever the baddies were to Jade, I would be for bad dude Tito. What would they call that? I don't know. Tito rules. Teton. Teton. CMLL wrestling. A titty. Hey Chris earlier said if Jay White is good, he will overcome losing to MJF. So he will, but they got work to do, brother. So they do. This is, it's funny because this is like a very curious case. Jay with a very strong promo on Wednesday can absolutely turn it around and that's that. If they don't, if they don't bring up the, the leg and they don't bring up, basically if they retcon most of what they did, most people, not saying everyone, most people will be like, all right, Jay White, keep going. Here we go. And they'll be like, we're going after the trios titles and then they'll win. And here we go. I don't think they'll do that. Uh, and I don't think, I think they did a disservice to Jay by booking all of this around him and not with him. And I don't mean in the room. I mean, with the story movements, it felt like it was Jay in the orbits, but the storyline was really MJF, the devil. Jay stole the belt. Now he's got to get it back. So the one thing that we haven't talked about in this ridiculous overbooked madness really is that the devils didn't get revealed in the process. Can I can I jump in? Yes, of course. I well we try not to cut each other off. We get better about that. We You're better. the host. It's your show. It's not my show. <laughs> Believe me. It, it was Tim's show. No, it was mine. Anyway. You uh, do you do all the work, so you you, you steer the ship. I didn't expect the devil character to emerge at the show i thought it would be good for a beat but once adam cole showed up i was like okay we don't need a devil appearance because the devil is here you don't know it but you know it i didn't the idea was just that that we're not putting your brain onto the devil right now that we're bringing back the bro chacho story not making you think about what Adam Cole's doing, but now you've got to think, oh, why was Adam Cole there? Was he the devil? Like it's basically you gotta kind of think it through a little bit, which I don't love, but at least it wasn't the devil reveal. And I did never, ever, ever, ever did I want a devil reveal last night at the show. I didn't until they set it up. Like MJF being in the ambulance saying don't whatever you do don't let them walk away with my belts and adam cole having to then come up with a way to not let that happen instead of him trying to hobble his ass into the match mobilizing an ambulance of devils to go level the playing field at least and try to attack jay white and the guns would have made so much more sense i wouldn't have liked it really but it would have way 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 more protected jay white than what they did 
Um, I before that, I did not think the devil was going to be revealed at this. I I feel like that's a December ish thing. Um, and I feel like the bummer of all this is I feel like that has been built very well. I think there are so many possibilities of who it could be. Uh, I've gone on record on Twitter of saying if Kyle O'Reilly is anywhere near it, I will cry because if that man is able to get back in a ring, that is nothing short of a miracle. Uh, and I love Kyle O'Reilly and I feel like he's so underrated. Um, but there's a lot of possibilities with it. And I feel like there's so much intrigue there. And I think a lot of it got its legs cut out from under it yesterday. No pun intended. Um, but the bummer of it was I really wanted to enjoy the match. And I was so distracted by how poorly the story turned. Um, and what a bummer that was because the in-ring was great. The in-ring was, of course it was. It was Jay White and MJF. MJF always steps up for the matches of this reign. Like, no doubt about that. Uh, just very frustrating that they, it's on four stairs, as Alex always says. Like, they, they went so far out of their way to create this. When if you had just given me Jay White versus MJF, I would have been salivating. Um, because it feels very much like the possibility of a healthy Jay White beating MJF would have been realistic. So the fact that you went to a already wrestled, one-legged, escaped in an ambulance, MJF, not being able to beat Jay White. And at one point, Jay White has control of the diamond ring. Like, and the numbers game. There's like five things in play here where you could have sold me on a healthy Jay White beating MJF. Close enough. Close enough. So, um that's where it went wrong for me. It was just way, 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 way too much. As is usually the case with wrestling that I like. I usually like wrestling that does less, that doesn't try as hard uh, and, and goes simpler on creative. Um, but Jay White's great, and hopefully they'll make it work. Him maybe entering this tournament would be a great way to build someone up. After you do this to them, having them in a round robin tournament and having a dominant showing, but you don't have to be undefeated in it. A good call, a good way to build someone back up in a second. And you can see Daphne is now trying Hello. to sneak her way into frame. You can see her little ears. Yes. Hi, Daphne. Hello. Uh, my feeling with Jay is that he can come in, cut that fire promo and then say, I'm going to do something that none of you do. And that's join the E1 because I have the experience. None of you do in this tournament. And Eddie will be like, well, I, I do. And he'll be like, no, bullshit. But the point here is that he can come in and just be like, I've done this tournament. I know this style. I'm going to run the table. I'm going to go far. But I see every point you're making now. Uh, the the match itself was quite WWE-like. It was quite sports entertainment-y. And not, a lot of people were not a big fan of that. I get that. Uh, and again... Max certainly is trying to tell a different story with whatever he's doing. Doesn't always hit, but they tried it. It just didn't work, in my opinion. Uh, they just, they've got a lot of balls in the air, which can be a very good thing to have when they're being played right. But right now, they just don't have those. They don't, they didn't have the plates all spinning at the same time last night. There could have been better ways to do this and tell this story without making it feel like an overbooked mess. From, giving Adam Cole the match. He can fight. Well, why can he fight? He's still injured, very openly still injured. Why is that okay? Like, that's not a misdirection. That's just lazy. 
why are you then not uh, again many many people a contract clause like all of it i think it made it feel not like a big fight anymore yeah like the biggest all that yeah and even on top of that in the match itself he got the 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 towel and that was the moment where i was like "Eh, why does he get to throw in the towel i get there with like Going back to full gear 2019, like, okay, fine. I'm glad you tried to explain it. But to me, it was like, nah, I don't think we needed to do that. The match itself could have just been a great match. And the story being babyface MJF with all these stupid Super Cena, you know, ideas, beating Jay White, getting the title back that he deserved because it's his title and he is the champion. He gets back the title and Jay White loses the title he never owned. That would have been fine. But instead, we got what we got, and they were trying to tell a story. They were trying to do a through thread through the pay-per-view, which they've never tried before. I commend them for trying it. Sure. But I can, Always but I good to try them. things that you haven't yes. done. Yeah. But I want you to try it again and do it better. I think that's kind of my takeaway. I don't want them to try it again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever again. Um, no, it, it was... I, I really liked MJF as a face. I was having a lot of fun with it. And now that they've gotten into Super Cena territory, I'm like, and it's time to get the belt off of him sooner than later because it's now becoming bad to the rest of your roster. I think the other thing was it felt like we knew what the booking was going to be as far as Jay White not winning because even initially it felt like there was some intrigue. But then if everybody's coming after you and you're going this far with the Samoa Joe angle – Obviously, MJF's going to retain, right? So if that's the case, why are we going so far out of our way to make Jay White look weak in the process when we also have an inevitable outcome? It's just not like a not a recipe for success, in my opinion. But uh, you live and you learn. Pro wrestling's dead. Um, Jay White a- AW's that. dead. Exactly. It's done. Jay White so- has no more career ever again. Um, never, never. This is – he should have gone to WWE – yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Even though he'd actually, he tried. He um, did. Yeah. But uh, he should probably, maybe he can go to NWA. Oh, start gosh. from the bottom, work his way back up. You think he would do cocaine? Uh, Like kayfabe a minute and a half on screen cocaine? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's not where he's I was already going. ruined his career once. Let's just do oh. it again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, anyway, so that was an entire minute and a half of sarcasm for those of you who weren't actually. <laughs> Jay White's going to be fine. Jay White, they're going to have to make Jay White go out and eat some crow on Wednesday, but then build him back up. It's not impossible. Did they need to do the work though? Because they really sure. screwed that up. Because now who who comes out against Jay White and the guns and isn't like you couldn't beat a hobbling MJF? So like, actually, I wouldn't mind someone coming out there and saying that, and then having Jay White be like, you know what? The, the, the problem is that Jay White's a heel. But if Jay White could just be like, you know what? I'm going to beat your ass tonight to prove that I can beat anyone. Da, 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 da. And then he beats that person very decisively. That's not like Griff Garrison. Someone who has at least something so that he can show, you know, someone who actually has something behind him so that he can prove that, you know, he's he's got to take his aggression out on someone is what I'm getting at. That's what it is. Jay should be pissed off. I, I would watch, watch the NWA. I would watch it if uh, they could land a TV deal, but they instead do cocaine instead of landing TV deals. I watch NWA pay reviews. Don't don't let me. You can't watch the. Don't gatekeep me, okay? Don't gatekeep my wrestling. I watch too much wrestling. 
if I was if I was on a plane with Vince McMahon and I started watching SNL and he told me no go watch the WWE network, I would watch the WWE network. Wow, you fucking homer. Yeah, that's right. I just deep cut it so far that you have to search that story from Freddie Prince Jr. to get the reference from Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Uh, yes. I absolutely hate on that brand and do not watch it. You are correct. Uh, I don't uh, care once you, I love Max. I love uh, what they did with Camille. I love a lot of the younger talent and I keep up with what I can, but uh, no, I will not be tuning in to watch their shows, they but don't. I will continue to hate on it because I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. 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 Be a Happy? hypocrite. Hypocrites, leave a thumbs up, by the way. Go ahead, leave a thumbs up. Hypocrites, leave a thumbs up. I'm going to, after we're done talking about this, you want to talk about how Speedball Mike Bailey and Zack Sabre Jr. ruled real quick? Yeah. Uh, And on a happy note? My God. That was, yeah, that was great. R.I.P. Mike Bailey's pinky. God bless. He doesn't need it. It's fine. Have you seen the rest of them? He's fine. What an underrated year for Mike Bailey. I don't want to say underrated, but I think people are talking about the Ospreys and the ZSJs and Gunthers of the world having these monster years. And Mike Bailey has taken a lot of L's, but he's had some of the most outstanding matches of the year. Osprey ZSJ, Leo Rush. Like, there's been so many great matches that he's gotten to have. And I feel like he's having one of those breakout years on maybe not as high of a level. But I'm glad to see people are talking about him because he's been around for a while. And uh, this was another match. And being right off of the match with Osprey, too, like, I just feel like he's in a really, really good spot right now. And. Um, this match was, of course, everything that I wanted it to be. I loved from from the beginning, from ZSJ jumping him before the bell and them like mocking each other, um, to just the the natural beauty of Speedball's style and ZSJ's style, endemically controlling the pace of a match, made this so great to watch because Speedball is so often a million miles an hour and ZSJ is obviously submissions and very technical. So they had to do no extra work around controlling the pace of the match because naturally those two guys are going to live in those worlds anyway. Oh my God. What a refreshing thing to have in a match because I feel like technical wrestlers have to go out of their way to find ways to speed up and slow things down. But with karate master with why are his legs so angry? As ZSJ said after like this was so, so good. To me, the beauty of the whole Zack Sabre Jr. title reign has been finishes of matches. They're perfect punctuation marks on every story that they've told. Him breaking his pinky with five seconds left leaves the door open for a rematch if you want to. Speaks to ZSJ's whole thing of even though there's a time limit, I'm not the type of champion that wants to abide by it and I'll break your fingers if I have to in the process. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. Like match of the week for me. I can't believe that was only a week ago, but that whole New Japan strong brand has been really, really strong. Uh, Gabe Kidd and Lawler, Shingo and Trent was also awesome. The women's match was awesome. Stephanie Vicure was great. Like, so, so, so so much fun. If you're not watching New Japan strong, you're missing out. I'm telling you, people, it's good shit. But that match was outstanding. I loved it. Go for Speedball. By the way, Speedball and Janela, another good match. Go see that. They went almost 40 minutes. They went weird and it was so good. Speedball is so versatile in so many ways. He just, he just wants to get out there and wrestle and he's so wholesome and pure. And I hate it so much. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I also appreciated in the setup to this match. He was like, 
I don't even think Zack Sabre Jr. owns a TV, but me, I'm watching 80 hours of Guy Fieri. <laughs> I should be a TV champion because I actually watch TV is a phenomenal angle to take with your match setup. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really enjoying this one guy absolutely losing it in the chat about our NWA com- commentary. <laughs> There was yeah, no, no. deal. Fake news. No, believe me. If you think Billy's telling the truth, I got a bridge in New York to sell you. Yeah, good lord. Also, like EC3 is not gonna sell me on a promotion. I'm sorry. He can sell you on 88% of it though. <laughs> anyway, uh, do we have anything else to go through other than Jay White's been buried and the wrestling is it, it done? There's no more wrestling ever. Uh no, wrestling is dead, but it's been a it's we had a good run. We had a good run for wrestling fans. Um, so what are we going to talk about next week? Probably. I mean, we'll, we'll check in on how your kid's doing for sure. Um, and maybe I'll come visit, even though there won't be a pay-per-view anymore in December. So we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about the logistics of our plans on air for me coming to visit, even though there's not going to be a pay-per-view anymore because wrestling has died. RIP wrestling. You were, you had a good run. You want to come to a Hanukkah party? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I would love actually. Yeah, I would love that. All right, so we'll we'll plan that on air. Great, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, do the plugs. Let's get out of here. Sure. Hey, three Sundays in a row now here on Fightful Overbooked. You've been able to catch me and Joel doing Kate and Joel call it in the ring. Mondays I'm on Fightful Select getting sour with Alex Pulowski on the Sour Grabs post show. Tuesdays. Thursdays and Fridays on the main channel with your NXT, ROH, and SmackDown post shows. And Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast, talking all things all elites. And then I have my own YouTube channel that you can check out at Miss Kate Fabe. This week in wrestling happens pretty much every week. Maybe I'll get one in at the buzzer here. Maybe I'll hop on at 11, do one to recap this past week. Maybe it'll be last week in wrestling and I'll do it tomorrow. I don't know. We're going to find out, but... Uh, more fun content on the way there. So please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The more subscriptions I get, the closer I get to being able to like truly monetize over there. So please head over there and subscribe. I love you so much. Uh, someone in the chat had mentioned, talk about Cody's face paint. We're going to talk about war games next week. Assuming we make it to next week. when wrestling I didn't is see Cody on the poster because I guess he was in camouflage. I've heard. He was just like he his sold dad. John Cena's gimmick. He did. He can't. You can't see him. You can't see Cody. You can't see MJF. You can't see anybody anymore. That's maybe it's these cataracts. But those steel blue eyes of Cody Rhodes. Those piercing blue eyes. Anyway, we will talk about War Games next week. I'm looking forward to talking okay. about Randy Orton uh, on Wednesday. Spoiler alert: uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's the site where he lost those tag titles to the Usos. So uh, where's Raw this Monday? Kate, pop quiz. Um, uh, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. January 4th, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Jeremy Lambert and I are in the weeds every Monday, Wednesday, Friday here on the channel, 10 a.m. until noon. Uh, Ring of Honor, Impact Post Show Thursdays on the main. And I just pop in, I pop out wherever I need to. If Jimmy needs to do a QA, I show up. Uh, if Sean Rossap decides to take a week off, he doesn't call me Coward. anymore. He just doesn't call me anymore. No. He never calls. I should text him. Anyway, I'm at Joel Pearl J. We all think you are ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We will see you in the next one. Cheers. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. 
take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.